Hello, welcome to the Roll Together podcast. Thank you for joining us for these podcast versions of our streamed shows from Twitch. You can always find our schedule of upcoming shows at twitch.tv forward slash RollTogetherRPG forward slash schedule. Please do leave a review and we look forward to adventuring together. Hello everyone and welcome to Huxley's Book Club. Thank you for joining us for an evening of Dungeons and Dragons. I'm Mike, and I'll be your Dungeon Master tonight. We're thrilled to be streaming at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG. Uh, the book club is going to be wholesome, confusing, and potentially, hopefully, at the end, wholesome again. Um, but we'll see if we can keep track. Well, for those who are new, to Dungeons and Dragons, everyone here plays fantasy characters in our fantasy universe. The five players each have their own unique character, with sheets that tell them who they are, what they can do, their deepest secrets, and what dice to roll. They mostly will be rolling 20-sided dice to see if they succeed in what they're trying to do. 20 is good, one usually hilariously bad. And whilst they play their characters, everything else in the fantasy universe is played by me. People, monsters, weather patterns, you name it. Between me describing the world and the story, the players describing what they want to do, and some dice rolls to keep things unpredictable and interesting for us all, we will tell our story. Let's meet the players and hear a word from our sponsors. Hello, my name is Liz. I use they, them pronouns, and I will be playing Huxley Bricklesnout, who uses he, him pronouns. Huxley is a cute old bugbear. He's brightly coloured with blues and pink fur. Uh, he's a wizard of the scribe variety. Uh, was a temporary member of the Shepherds, hoping to get back there soon. Um, but his main job is a library shelf stacker, um, and perhaps something that m not many people know, the founder and leader of a book club at Blackstaff Academy. Hi, I'm Johnny. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm playing Blaze, who uses they, them pronouns. Blaze is a tiny little fire elemental. Um, they are a genie warlock, and they like to keep everyone's coffee warm, which is a nice little trick that they can bring to the table when uh, sitting down for a warm cup of something at a nice, safe book club. Hi, I'm Evie, I use she, her pronouns, and I will be playing Tine Vandermeer, who also uses she, her pronouns. After the events of Ancient Antics, in which Tine heroically and selflessly gave up her princess title for the pig folk and found out that prophecies are not real, uh, she wrote a memoir of her adventures and has subsequently joined Huxley's Book Club uh, to kind of peddle the memoir a little bit and just to make some new friends. So we'll see what this new chapter entails. Hi, I'm Josh. I use he, him pronouns and I will be playing Alaric Syrian, who also uses he, him pronouns. Alaric is a ranger rogue. He will tell you a lot that he is retired and he is no longer an adventurer and he goes on about that quite a lot. You, He also has a very big fascination with a book called Fifty Shades of Fae. Hopefully that comes up at some point. My name is Nathan, and today I will be playing Grimnir Dirgeblade, who also uses he, him pronouns. Uh, Grimnir the Dragonborn is a renowned reaver, plunderer, murderer, and adventurer who is trying to get a bit better handle on his rage and settle into his middle-aged years in this book club. We are delighted to be sponsored by HeroForge. HeroForge offers fully customizable tabletop minis with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. 
you can see all of the minis that we designed for this stream in the overlay, and they animate when we enter the combat, so look out for that. Hero Forge are fantastic, so do check out the pro membership where you can get premium access to features ahead of time, and beta access to things, um, and all sorts of cool stuff that just makes your life a lot easier. And you can check them out at heroforge.com. We are delighted to be sponsored by Ultra Pro. They make accessories for D&D, Magic the Gathering, and more. My favorite part of their collection are their figurines of adorable power. Here is their gazer. Uh, they also make other things such as deck boxes uh, if you play Magic the Gathering. You can find all of Ultra Pro stuff at ultrapro.com. Hey friends, check out our new sponsor, Phoenix Dice, for a carefully created menagerie of click-clack math rocks for your delectation. Check out their entire selection at phoenixdice.com, and just so you know, Phoenix Dice are all about living gloriously in the worlds of tabletop games and sustainably in this one, which means their dice are working to be recycled, their packaging is recycled, the dice are made of sustainable materials, it's all great stuff, you should definitely get involved. You can also join us today in chat with a chance to be in a raffle and win some Phoenix Dice of your own. Just put exclamation mark dice into chat and you'll be in with a chance to win. We are proud to be sponsored by Alchemy RPG. Reimagine your gaming experience with Alchemy. They're focused on creating immersive cinematic experiences everywhere you interact with tabletop role-playing games. Playing a game, creating a world, streaming, watching live games, discovering new content, look at all the cool stuff that they are doing there. You can use environmental motion art, scene-based music, seamless character management to run your games over the internet, with upcoming features including homebrew content, streaming overlays, and spectator mode. So go and check out alchemyrpg.com. We're delighted to be supported by Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons strategy video game that brings together D&D characters from novels, adventures, and multiple live streams into a single grand adventure. Select your heroes and formation and battle through waves of monsters for free on PC, phone, PlayStation, Xbox, and Nintendo Switch. You can pop exclamation code into chat for a free Electrum chest. We're delighted to be supported by Neverwinter. In Neverwinter, explore and defend one of the most beautiful cities from Dungeons & Dragons' Forgotten Realms campaign setting as it rises from the ashes of destruction. Epic stories, action combat, and classic role-playing await those heroes courageous enough to enter the fantastic world of Neverwinter. Neverwinter is completely free to play, so set yourself up an account today and pop exclamation mark NW gift into chat for a link to a free gift. Check out our wonderful supporters, Elderwood Academy, who make beautiful bespoke gaming themed gear, including hex chest dice boxes, spellbook deck boxes disguised as bespoke ancient arcane tomes, and scroll and codex dice tower and rolling tray pairings. Make your own with their online designer at elderwoodacademy.com. This stream will run for three hours, and there will be roughly a five to ten minute break somewhere towards the middle. We run shows on Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays at 6pm Greenwich Meridian slash British Summertime, which is 10am Pacific Time, 1pm Eastern Standard Time, 7pm in mainland Britain, and 2am Tuesday mornings in Japan and parts of Australia. On Mondays, we run TTRPG streams. These can be one-shots, four, six, eight, whew, or even 12 weeks long. You can always find our latest schedule at twitch.tv slash rolledtogetherrpg slash schedule. On Tuesdays, 
we have our ongoing campaign, Fracture. And on Fridays, we have our talk show, Talk Together and Talking is a Free Action, which lasts for one hour. We are Roll Together RPG on all socials, so find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and even TikTok. Links in chat. Thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. Uh, you can find a link in chat to help us make our shows from just one pound, one dollar, or one gold piece, and unlock more tiers by joining. Our D20 Club are fab. Uh, they've created a fan Discord for us. Um, they've also made a wiki page for Roll Together. You can find that at rolltogether.fandom.com. Uh, welcome to our podcast listeners. Um, if you also would like to listen to us via podcast, you can search Roll Together RPG on your favourite podcast provider. If we're not there, let us know and we will add ourselves to that list. Finally, we play a diverse group of players who play a diverse set of characters with wide-ranging sexual and gender identities. Our tables are trans and GNC positive, and we encourage and champion trans and GNC players and characters in our games. The DM and players may portray characters that are of a different gender to their own. We aim to avoid misgendering, but acknowledge that it does happen and have a company policy in place for correcting people on pronouns. If we miss an instance of misgendering, we are open to being corrected, so please do just let us know if you think what has been missed. Check out exclamation safety in chat for content warnings and some of the safety tools that we use through the TTRPG Safety Toolkit. And now, let's begin. find ourselves in the library once again um a i'm gonna give you about a random number you may do with what you will an hour what you do with that hour it's totally up to you but you've been left alone after um the prattler left um tending to be very dramatic as a director um, saying that he can't work under these conditions um, and then threw a um, iced latte at a random ghost uh, and said get him a new one. He marched off and left you with your your book club table in front of you. Um, the five of you can be sat down, sorry, four of you can be, wait, five, yeah, no, I was right the first time, um, can be sat, stood, pacing, what? Where would you be sort of after being kind of just left in this place? Don't get me wrong, there are millions of books all around you as well, but you've been left alone. I think uh, Huxley would be looking around to see if there are any like limited or first editions of books that he would know are quite like the books that you read when you go to a library, like the ones that you check out that are quite rare. So he would be mm. looking around all the stats just to see if there's anything that he wouldn't have at home. Give me an investigation check. Or do you want to actually, let's pair it off. We'll start off with a perception check and then from there we'll do an investigation check. Okie dokie. Uh, 17 on the perception. Very, very good. Should I do the investigation? Yeah. Okay. 
that would be 21. Yeah. You're, you're, it's almost like, um, you know, like a, a, there's a crosshair in your eyes as you're like, beep, 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 and immediately just like lock on. And you can see this entire like section. And although to most people, maybe like boring, but what you can see, there is an entire line of every single issue of like encyclopedia discovery. Like it's just like every single edition that's ever been made over thousands of years. Um, and it's like, it's basically like a directory of every new discovery, whether that's a creature, magic, um, an item or a way of creating an item or a type of magic. You know, there's, it's every time some sort of um, incredible pioneer of their trade, craft, whatever, has made a discovery to move the world forwards. It has been placed in this directory and it just goes on for, well, miles. Alariac, they've got, they've got raging owlbears and where to find them. I never thought I'd find this one. <laughs> uh, they've, they've got it. They've also got ramblings through Waterdeep. There's all sorts of things. Come on over, have a look. All of you, no, please come and have a look. These are the rarest finds. And look, the pristine pages look like they've never been touched. I mean, this is all lovely, but shouldn't we discuss how we're going to cope with a storytelling god in an existential crisis that has us in his clutches? <laughs> Their clutches? Her clutches? I don't remember. You've never been in a position like this before? Yeah, I find these things kind of work themselves out pretty naturally after a while. You know, gods get bored and where you like, if you get bored, then you just kind of start hitting things. And then the god really comes and checks it we out. So be boring. We, we need to be boring so they get sick of us and just let us go. I'm never boring. <laughs> never, Huxley, never. <laughs> no. Look at that fur. You could never be. Quite. Uh, people often scream when they see my fur and run the other direction. I don't think that's boring at all. Oh, I thought you said balding. Oh, yeah. I haven't yeah, started that, would, that yet. That would that would cause people to scream. <laughs> <laughs> boring. And then you see Grimnir like looks over at a near stack of books, and it has those kind of like arrows that point to different sections in the library. And in one direction is uh, adventure and romance, and in the other is self-help books. And Grimnir is just like, oh, boring. I've currently got my head in between my legs while sat down still reeling from the different amounts of teleportation that we've had over the past couple of minutes. Um, my stomach is not feeling great. I'm going to stay right here. Swig of spirits. That'll help. I'll just climb up your back and start jumping on your back. Come on, out with it! <laughs> Grimnir, what you, as you're sort of glancing across to the sort of uh, avoiding, but still looking at the self-help. What you do notice that sort of is pretty far away. You almost have to squint. This because of the white glow of the sort of white marble that's on the floor, the books almost begin to shimmer when they get a certain distance away, just with the brightness and the glare. But you can see like the self-help area. It's almost like messy. 
everywhere else everything's very neat and organized everything's all stacked up but you can see in the self-help area there seems to be books thrown all over the place um hey everybody um it seems like someone not me um but someone maybe walked through here with like a a big sword and knocked a bunch of books so it wasn't me though but over there just on your delivery i'm sorry (laughs) i'm just it took the words out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm so trying I got to be clear. Three. I think it's you. <laughs> I said it was. Are you sure Fine. you're the only person with a big sword I can see around here? I know my truth, and that is what's important. He says, like closing his eyes and you're doing so well. Doing a mantra. So well. I'm gonna go look at it. And he just like closes his eyes and just starts walking in that direction. I think you have to have your eyes open to look at something, dear. You're a thud. <laughs> right. Is anybody going to go with um, Grimnir? Yeah, I'll skip along next to you. Dodging as books fall, I'm like, oh, that was you. <laughs> that one was you. Yes, it was. And I, I'm telling the truth. I'll make them back up in place as you go. So you know to believe me. Oh, I don't think that was times. you. That's way too messy. And I don't think we've been this way, have we? Uh, uh, probably not. No. So I mean, you, there was... Overall, I mean, you've got Huxley sort of on the opposite side of you, just like almost like in speed read mode, just like grabs a book. Using speed read finger, boom, close, next, next book. That first speed level spell, read speed read, yes. Yeah. <laughs> How, in I'll, fact, yes, if you you don't have to spend the spell slot, but if you were to, um, we could say that you could use that. How would that look? Like, how does Huxley's, like, speed reading magic, how would that manifest, do you think? Um, I don't. I don't think the eyes do much. The eyes stay completely focused, and they do not blink the entire time. But the book simply kind of goes up. That, so he reads the entire thing. The page flips and returns to the bottom like a typewriter, and then comes up again. Uh, but it happens so quickly, um, and Huxley is able to process all of that information as it goes. Scanner. Mm-hmm. So you've got that going on <laughs> opposite you. So you probably haven't been around here. In fact, you know, you're walking past sections of. You know the minute details there's like stuff on the bristles of a paintbrush like there's an entire section on a, of books on bristles of a paintbrush and different hairs that are used and then there is another section which is um skulls and all the different skulls and what they're made of and like it's the the detail and the finite almost like sections of this in any normal library, it would be like history and economics or something more interesting. Um, here, it's like it's every single subject broken down and are down and down and down again and again and again and again until there's like the subjects that you just don't, you, you're not entirely sure how you could even write a book on something. It's like, it's fascinating, really. So I am. You, Way at the back, hobbling along. Oh, yes, okay. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh, 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 there's a book. Oh, no, my stick knee slipped on that book. No, uh, yep. Yeah. Keep going, keep going. I'll catch up. I'd say Tina is probably 
like just kind of rambling at um, Alaric. It's like, how do be boring? How does one be boring? I mean, I'm so fabulous. You you have you have a little bit of tedium about you. What what are, what are your tips? Uh, just you know, go about your everyday life, and you know, don't push yourself too far or try to do anything exciting. Just you know, do the bare minimum. It's such a curse to be fabulous. That sounds impossible. Uh, it's quite possible for me. I'm perfectly happy with it. I mean, Blaze keeps trying to get me to go on adventures every now and then, but I have to keep tapping him on the head with my stick and telling him no. Telling them no, 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 we can't do that anymore. I'm too old. Is your leg? I mean, you moved very quickly back there and then it got like 10 times worse. I mean, do you, do you need some some wound healing? Oh, it's, it's, it's all that adventuring's done some done done havoc on my knees. It has. I have to wear a harness in order to, you know, sort of keep my leg in check. Otherwise, you know, I might fall over into a pile on the floor and have everybody laugh at me. He says, slipping on another book. Oh, is that that curse again? Yes, I, I seem to be very clumsy. I don't know why. Uh, but so it was just the wear of time. There wasn't any exciting adventure that led oh, to your. I've had plenty of exciting adventure in my time. I've been retired for X amount of years now. I think it's it's definitely over ten years now. I've been retired for, but um, but I've definitely had plenty of adventures. Uh, lots of injuries that have uh, taken hold, and I don't think I, I I just think my my body just couldn't hold out anymore. You I want to know I, the story of his leg, of his limp? I can tell oh. you. Oh, why? Why would you do this? So it was about 20 years ago and we were going through a forest, right? And we came across this den of kobolds and Alaric valiantly, heroically fought all 20 of them by himself. And then there was this one kobold, huge, it was like a, like a bugbear, like, like, you know, big. Uh, but it was, and it was riding it on an owlbear. So it was like a bugbear riding an owlbear and it got him by the leg and then i saved his life he's he's very 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 uh, blaze is very very modest about about that it wasn't quite 20 kobolds it was more 30. um and <laughs> there was there wasn't just one bugbear there were two bugbears and they were riding owlbears uh but mm -hmm. uh but yes no blaze's magic saved the pair of us they are very good at their fire magic and also at brewing coffee have you had one of their coffees before I have had their coffees, and I've also seen their fire magic. It's okay. It's very good. But there's one thing that I don't understand. In all the years that we've been coming to the book club, is that we always stop off at the coffee shop on the way to get coffee when Blaze can just make coffee. I don't understand why they insist on us buying it. Well, now the secret's out, <laughs> isn't it, Blaze? Alaric! <laughs> it's my coffee. I keep it warm, so it's mine. Tell the story about my leg injury. I'm going to tell the story about your coffee. Well, just, just rasp at him. Friends make each other coffee. I don't expect to pay for another coffee in my entire life. <laughs> Deal. As long as you're near me. And it's maybe once or twice a day. As you're talking, you can hear almost like a moaning and like a humph and like a bit of like a almost like a tantrum from the self-help area 
<laughs> just imagining Grimnir's like giant head just kind of like sneaks around and kind of like pokes down a uh, a, a, a one of the like I don't, I don't know you know the the library alleys that's what they're <laughs> called you know the ones with the books you sort of peer around and sort of you can just see that top of like a beret um as a head pops up and prattler is there and you can see he's, he's got like a, a sort of a tears in his eyes Blaze and Alaric, they're bloody telling better stories than me. And then kind of goes back and like rips a page out of one of the self-help books and like blows his nose. Uh, Grimir like looks back at everyone and just kind of like, and then kind of steps even more fuller view and kind of approaches uh, Prattler and is is just um, um no no that story was pretty lame I mean 30 kobolds is not that many um uh, anyway does um I'm sure you're you have you know is just writer's block right that's a thing I think hey but that you know what that does give me an idea Maybe we should tell something. A story. From Alaric. Or maybe, you know, something. But one second, I need to do an outfit change. And he turns around and he like bolts off. But the run is like just this little sort of scamper. Was he like scampers off? And then <laughs> Hilarious. Is and turns back and he comes back and he's got like this big duffel of um sort of beige brown clothing um and he is wearing a sort of classic safari 1950s safari outfit um you know like the beige ones and the bowl those bowl hats he's a um, colonialist yes very much so yeah Great idea quickly put these on and he passes them around are we all putting? Are, are they all the same outfit? Uh, to whatever theme you may prefer. I think Huxley will realize that everyone's gone at this point, <laughs> <laughs> and then there's just the a unseen servant stood with an outfit next to you. Oh, except for me, uh, I'll put it on. Does it? Uh, I don't see the unseen servant, do I? Um, <laughs> there's just floating <laughs> clothes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll kind of meander around trying to find everybody. It doesn't, you can hear, yeah, it doesn't take long. I mean, everything echoes in this place. Mm -hmm. So eventually, through maybe a hit or miss now and then, following the wrong echo side, you can eventually figure out where they are. Um, whatever theme or style you'd like to change in the outfits is already done. So if there's any way or specifics of the outfit you'd like there to be, or whether you can want to put it on in the first place. It's totally up to you. Looks the exact same as what I'm already wearing. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm slightly concerned about you saying about exploring stories. Uh, Don't worry about it. You'll see soon. Uh, yes, uh, I'm very much looking forward to seeing Tine's story, not mine. Uh, stand behind Tine. Yes, yes, very I much so. Many stories. Yes, many. But 
Today, I'd like to hear yours. Oh, oh no, you wouldn't. Tyler saddles up to Tine and sort of stands looking at Alaric <laughs> next to Tine. Oh, I think I'm going to be sick and we're not even teleporting. Is this going to be like a like an adventure story or like, uh, are we like, are we like heroes in this story or what? I'm just, you know, I want to go in kind of centered appropriately. You know what I mean? All right. Get your head in the game. Cool. Heroes, in fact, I think you specifically might enjoy this one as might be an interesting outlet. You know, healthy. But anyway, let's go collect Huxley. Oh, and he looks across and can see you sort of poking your head. <laughs> Hello. I think we're meant to put these on. Hi. Yes, please. Uh, Grimnim, may I may I ask if if you could possibly uh, just just wield your blade for me, just one second? And Huxley will present like as the robe goes all the way down to the floor, just a bit from his hip down. He kind of wants like a side slash. Uh, my legs get awfully warm. Uh, you'll understand with all the fur. Uh, if if you wouldn't mind just slashing the uh, the fabric, that would be marvelous. Uh, Grimnir just is like, oh yeah, of course. You can see the sleeves are already ripped off of his. Uh, of his kind of adventure outfit and uh, and just like takes his sword and just with like this really horrifying speed and lack of care just slices down the entirety of it with just like perfect precision and it's like um I'm sorry I didn't take any measurements is that uh, it's perfect is that good? It's perfect thank you good thank you what about the other leg I mean, I could always have two side yeah. slashes. Should I do two? I'll do you two. Do. I'll spin it's an adventure. Look. <laughs> be adventurous. <laughs> Never be too much. I've really learned that, you know, whatever kind of gives you the most flexibility and kind of mobility, that's what you want. So you got to either bring up the sides or bring up the whole thing for, you could squat, you can... I, I do often squat, find but... that lunging while casting spells is very helpful. So yes, if we could do the other side, oh, cool. that would be fabulous. Slice. <laughs> I'll do a practice lunge just to make sure. Very good. Thank you, Grimnir. Anybody um, else want to do some edits? <laughs> oh, yeah. Today's costume is very much, it's kind of like, um, you know, play suits where they just, it kind of, it's like the, the bottom bit looks like a dress, but pulls the legs apart, haha, <laughs> it's trousers! Um, <laughs> but it's all like very rich blue and and embroidered and bedazzled, and it's very fabulous, and instead of a, 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 a hat thing, it's like one of those tennis hats, so that the fun buns can still have their, have their day. Very good. As I put the hat on, I burn through the top of it in such a way that it kind of falls back over my back and becomes a bit more like a cloak. <laughs> I, put, I put mine on and the colours sort of change more to the colours of what I'm already wearing except for in a checkered pattern <laughs> so it looks like I'm and my, and my socks are sort of tucked into my trousers it's like one of those proper like old school golfer type outfits and <laughs> Grimnir <laughs> how do you look <laughs> Uh, I, it is. It is. 
again, it is whatever the kind of the original outfit was. Uh, like, I don't think Grimnir's so so uh, connected to the gingham pattern that it would transfer over here, but it did come with sleeves, even though it was it comes like fully customizable. But but I interpret that as that the Prattler knew that Grimnir wanted to be the one to rip the sleeves off. Um, so it is just the base <laughs> kind of safari adventurer outfit. Uh, except he looks like Dwayne the Rock Johnson walking around with <laughs> sleeves ripped off. And, and an unnecessary dragon. amount of uh, buttons undone in the middle. Yeah, and very short <laughs> shorts. Very short shorts. Leave was the no slogan. quad to the imagination. <laughs> right, well, everybody, um, if you could just squat, it'll hurt less. Even what? me. Just squat. Told you. Just scream here immediately down. Oh, my knees. Squat. Um, he clicks his fingers and the table and chairs come like, sh- like shifting down the marble as they slide and you all get like scooped up by the chairs. I think as Alaric uh, squats, Huxley will instinctively cast Featherfall just in case because you just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I'm going to use that spell scooped up and sort of like rocked onto the chairs. He flops down and goes, are you ready to go? No. Yes. No. And the whirlwind begins. (laughs) Shall we get that constitution saving throw out of the way? (laughs) Yes, please. Oh, that was a natural 20 for a 24. That was, felt like a waste, but oh well. You seem to be getting a hang of it. You find that if you fixate on Huxley and then just keep turning your head and looking back at him all the time, you, you're making the spinning a little less um, invasive on your... And to be fair, you probably haven't got much left. Um, <laughs> it's just coffee now. We'll skip that. You all appear as leaves and vines and screeches of creatures enter the whirlwind. You can see fauna and different varieties of these deep green leaves. Um, It's wet and you can feel the humidity begin to lift and warm begins to kick in as you spin and spin and you get spat out. All Five of you are in a jungle. You've got vines all around you. There is a pool of water just to the left that's sort of brown and milky. Around you is this huge canopy. Um, You can hear rustling and caws and screeches of all kinds of creatures echoing this sort of symphony of noise around you. In front of you, you're sort of in this little small clearing where there's sort of a lower foliage underneath you that almost like cushioned the fall. Alaric, for the first time in probably a good 10, 15 years, you spring up on your feet. I feel slightly younger. Yeah. A bit more spry, a bit. Your hair's come back. <laughs> My hair's black. <laughs> What's going on? 
I don't sound so old. <clears throat> hmm. You okay. sort of stretch out your knee, give your ankle a bit of a turn. Feels good. Feels strong. Oh, obviously isn't the point where the kobolds attacked, so I must be... Oh, please don't tell me it's that moment. <laughs> it's not that moment, don't worry. It feels vaguely familiar, but I'm not 100% sure. I mean, it does look very familiar, but it's okay. You look great, by the way. I feel great, which is not good when I'm supposed to be retired. I did tell oh. you I was retired, didn't I? This is really, this is cool, though. Like, Adventure Ulrich is here. That's that's awesome. Uh, I mean, like, I <laughs> want to see you uh, do things, not that I want to partake. Um, but if I if I watch you do it, it's, I think, fine. And so that's cool. I I must admit, I do have the urge to adventure now. Yes. <laughs> Finally. Prattler. Um, where where are we going? What's where do you need us to to go for adventure? You hear a voice sort of echo around. Well, maybe let Alaric take the lead. Yes. Do I see anything around me that looks vaguely familiar? Let's get a history check on the way, <laughs> shall we? <laughs> Plus zero. Oh, that's actually not bad. That's an 18. 18. Um, so it's very vague, but you are aware of like a couple of places in the hemisphere. And I imagine Huxley at this point being well read would be like, eh, only a couple of places around that have like thick jungle like this. But it kind of twigs. You've only really been deep into uncharted jungle once. Nah. But you imagine you can see a little bit of the sun, so you can get a rough idea of where north, south, east, west is. Okay. Um, I'm going to start instinctively heading in the direction that I know to be right. Yes. Um, As you sort of push towards where the clearing... Um, that you landed in ends and the thick foliage sort of begins apparating into your hand a machete appears oh Phyllis I haven't seen you for a while is it it like magic Uh, no when I was a lot younger I had a habit of naming all of my weapons Um, this is Phyllis the machete this is like a normal machete yes Hello, Phyllis. Hello. Sorry, no, that was just me being silly. It doesn't, I don't normally do. I don't normally talk to them. Hides the mouth and the eyes and the mouth that are in sort of engraved into the hand grip. Uh, yes. Uh, googly eyes. Little googly eyes. You can't see that. No, no, can't see that. And they'll just start going through the forest. As we're going. Have a friend for a moment. <laughs> well, as. as- most disappointed. <laughs> I have no other weapons on me. Grimnir keeps like holding his hand out and being like, Machete! 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 And uh, Persuasion check. Hoping that it'll just appear. It's an eight. 
<laughs> Just a tiny little spoon. <laughs> can easily be nothing. <laughs> can I? I'm can I make a stealth of something like I, got him sort of like funny, but I'm drawing a blank for once. Can I um, see? Um, can I see Grimnir do this? And can I make a stealth check to sort of disappear from everybody's view? In fact, no, actually, I'll go invisible because I can do that. And I will sneak a knife, like a basic table knife, into his hand. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you're focusing on the machete, um, you don't notice Alaric. Everybody else will notice Alaric just poof. Like, the, you were leading the way. Um, luckily, Grimnir was distracted enough. And you just slot. <laughs> <laughs> cool. And then he drops it and he just yells, Machete! <laughs> As you push forward with the echoing of Grimnir just repeating this, um, we'll come back to that. We'll see if anything else changes. Um, you begin hacking away and your blood rushes like as you, one, don't get tired immediately. But, you know, there is, there's a part of you that is getting energized by this exploration, pushing through a path that's never been trodden. And your heart beat just gets up. There's almost like a little bit of anxiety there as well, of that excitement, that, Ooh, what, 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 what are we looking for? What are we going to find? Although half of you sort of thinks you know what you might find, but you carry on pushing forward. How's everybody else handling the jungle? Have you all been to a jungle before? I think so. I've been with, would this be before Alaric met Blaze? Um, in the context of this, just before. So yeah, you potentially will have been around here before. Yeah, so I would, and I think Blaze would be, because I can cast Levitate, I will, and fly. I'm just going to be flying behind Alaric every now and then, darting forward and shining a bit of like fiery light into like a couple of shadowy boughs and things to help Alaric along the way. Is it a humid jungle? Oh yes, I'm okay. sorry, but you're <laughs> no longer fluffy anymore. No, I'm not. I'm a very soggy bugbear. Um, I think Huxley will be sending Stampy upwards to see if Stampy can see over the treetops to see if there's anything that we're heading towards. And I'll look through Stampy's eyes. Okay, do you want me to give me your perception check through Stampy? Yes. It's it's mediocre. It's 13. 13. You pick up a huge expanse of this um, jungle. It lines and rolls up huge sort of like hills. You can see it dip down into huge canyon rivers um you can see in the distance um creatures swinging from canopy to canopy what you do pick up through stampy or what stampy does pick up is there is a couple of incredibly long-armed sharp-bodied furry creatures that seem to be swinging towards you question a do we know where we're going? Question B, 
are we aware that there may be other things within this jungle with very long limbs that may be swinging towards us? Oh yes, that's part of the adventure. We sort of push forward and we find what's there. You know, we might find some ancient ruins. We might find hidden treasures. And I think, I think um, Alaric's costume has changed slightly to be more reminiscent of like a very younger Indiana Jones type thing <laughs> with a very short beard. Um, uh, uh, yes, uh, onward. No, just keep going. Hine, <laughs> you be very quiet. <laughs> Ine is a prestidigitating her hair so that it it stays majestic and windblown and lovely. But after a while, it's just gonna send a message to Huxley uh, and just say, "So, at what point is this healthy, and at what point is it a midlife crisis?" I I've been hesitant to ask that directly, but I think Tine, perhaps you should ask. <laughs> Ooh, okay, uh, one moment. Hey, Alaric, <laughs> at what point is this healthy and at what point is this a midlife crisis? I have absolutely no idea. I'm just enjoying myself at the moment. I'm not that old, actually, at the moment. I will just look at Tina really wide-eyed. <laughs> like we're in trouble now, right? <laughs> oh, no. Uh, Tina, I, I, I think it may be best that you just... Um, Stay alert. Uh, make sure that your spells are are at hand. Uh, I I worry that we may be about to just blunder straight into danger. I mean, call me pessimistic if you will, but uh, uh I'm getting the vibe that Alric might uh, push us a little too far too soon. You know, should we just let him? Should we just let him go on? Should we just stay behind? Nice it's very talk. likely we're going to run into danger. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, um, uh, Tine, you hear uh, a, a, this whatever the telepathic or psionic version of a call waiting um, beep in your head. No, I'm getting another call. Uh, yes. It's it's Grimnir, and he's like, Hi, Grimnir. I had your call already. Uh. Just and he's like looking at you like very intensely, like concentrating really hard uh, to send you this telepathic message, and and he says, "No, oh, no, this is this is totally good, totally fine." I, as someone allegedly going through a midlife crisis, according to my therapist and several books I've read, um, it's he's working some stuff out. You know, this is good. I think it's good. It's all, you know, for he's moving forward, right? And and that's all any of us uh, can do. Yeah. Hey. Machete. <laughs> Wait, I, I hear meant you. to say that out loud. I hear you, Grimnir. We'll let him work it out. Then back to Huxley. Okay, we've got two midlife crises. We need to keep tabs on them and make sure they don't ride motorcycles and get remarried. That's not what I did when I had my midlife crisis. I just oh. made curtains. Uh, it's a very safe oh God. hobby. Uh, with many tassels and lots of stitching. What on earth these people are doing with, what was it, machetes? Machetes. Why and... does Grimner keep saying machete? 
Oh, I think Alaric got a machete, and now he's oh, jealous now he's of the machete, the machete envy going on. Oh, I see. Yes, that's also another feature of the midlife crisis. That's absolutely, yes. Well, we appear to be in a predicament. I don't suppose Blaze, they're not going through it. Blaze, are you going through a midlife crisis, dear? Oh, yeah. That's not what yet. I mean. Good. Uh, but no, no, you just, uh, you keep on at it, my love. You just keep on going. Just fight backwards through the air. Two thumbs up. <laughs> um, I'm going to present to Grimnir. Now, I know it's not a machete, uh, but I do have a dagger that I never use. W- would would you take care of it for me? Oh, um, no. I mean, I'll take it. I like, I like weapons. Um, I use it to open envelopes. You would probably have better use for it than me. Is is that a magic weapon, or like, a, is it like jewel encrusted, or? Uh, <clears throat> no, it's got a leather handle, though, very well worn from many letters that I've opened. Uh, you'll see the inscription on there as well: Huxley's dagger. Uh, though it's written in Sylvan, not in the common tongue. So for that, I'll apologise, Grimnir. But you're welcome to have it. You can call it a machete if you like. Um, thank you for this generous gift as Anytime. a symbol of our continued partnership. Anytime. Just... And I'll just like two-handed pass it to you, like bestowing you this tiny little dagger. You just kind of Why like half-heartedly chops like one vine at a time. It's a little blunt because it's not been used properly S- in about saws, 70 years. <laughs> takes a vine, saws it. Thanks. Anytime. If I had another, I'd give it to you as well, but I don't. I just had the one. Now, if I remember rightly, Alaric has quite a mean passive perception. 22. Oh, yes. You can feel as much as here, like the cracking of branches and the movement and swinging noises coming from your left towards you. Here's we have company to to the left. Turn to the left and start cutting that way. (laughs) Above you, landing on a sort of larger branch of one of these um, trees, this monkey-like creature lands and looks across you. The monkey's probably only around similar size to Blaze, really, maybe a little bit bigger. Um, but their arms are probably six foot long, as it's got one held up on a branch above it. They're really gangly, but their actual body size is incredibly small. Um, sort of black piercing eyes and sort of this inquisitive, half-cocked-like squint looks upon all of you. Looks sentient. Um, make a nature check. Okay, I am bad. I, it's plus zero and I got a one. Uh, 
It could be. What do you think they are, Tino? I think they might be people. Oh. Alaric, I think you should put the machete down. Why aren't they responding, Tino? I'll try another language. Okay. Hello, Indracon. <laughs> Hello, in Primordial. Let's <laughs> turn back Preach, in Primordial. Every time Hello. you sort of speak, it like cocks its head one way and cocks its head the other as it sort of listens to you making these sound noises. I think and then it's just sort of like screeches slightly and then like flips and goes up a branch further away almost like skittishly and then sort of turns and watches again. Don't speak that language. Uh, I, I, I shall try and say hi to it in abyssal, celestial, common, beach, <laughs> elvish, goblin, primordial, for, you know, I do it very quickly in all of the languages. You don't receive much of a response. Dissimilar to teenagers. The only other thing that does happen is one of its six foot arms sort of drops and they slowly offer it out and like hold their hand out. I will float up towards the hand. Uh, it's not sure of you um, <laughs> and kind of like backs off again. <laughs> The hand profit to. It sort of gets a little bit more confident, pushes forwards, looks at your hand. <laughs> um, sort of goes. The hand. It like instead of like it goes to what you think is to shake your hand, but kind of like takes your hand and pulls it back across to open up the palm, looks at your palm, and then slaps your hand away. <laughs> and then, like, backs off a little bit. Oh, maybe it wants money, Tine. <laughs> yes. Commoners. <laughs> Here, have a, have a copper. We're in a fantasy world at the moment. It doesn't matter to me. Catches the copper, looks at it, bites it a little bit. Gives you a funny face and throws it on the floor. I think you'll have to be a gold, Tina. There's nothing for it. I suppose not. Hey, have a gold. He catches it once again. I don't think it Almost wants like, to. Oh, tries to pull it apart. Gets irritated, screeches at you and throws it away. Oh, I know, I know. Please, come here, come here, please. Right. Give me a cinnamon bun. Oh, <laughs> reach into my lantern and pull out a cinnamon bun. I eat a bit of it and then I give it to you. <laughs> yes, and I, I will offer the cinnamon bun. It sort of moves away from Tina and swings across the canopy around and then lands in front of you and sort of snatches the cinnamon bun out of your hand, looks at it, sniffs it, takes a bite, and you see like almost like a whole new world blow up in this creature's mind as it's just like whoa screeches at you and then jumps up into the canopy and float like sort of like swings away and disappears back into the brush uh by chance how many more of them do you have blaze 
How many more of those do I have, DM? <laughs> uh, let's throw a D10 out there, shall we? Uh, oh. That seems fair. Uh, I have one left. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be very helpful. I do have something else I can do, but only if lots of them come. It seems their society does not prize material wealth, but rather sustenance. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very true. Yes. Damn, has uh, has uh, Huxley ever heard of or read about these creatures before? Is it something that Huxley's seen in a book? Yeah, you can give me a history check for that. 28. Uh, 28. Um, now, it's definitely a family of monkey, maybe dire monkey in nature. Um, maybe even sort of pushing towards like the Lima family, something like that. But it's definitely of magical nature. It's like a a mashup of what a child would imagine it looks like if they read like a description of a monkey. So it's not like the exact thing, but if they read something that's sort of that, it would be like that's what a kid would draw if they were just described a lemur or a monkey too. So, friends, it appears that we are uh, uh, within the proximity of a magical monkey mashup. Uh, it's, it's akin to what a child would draw, similar to a lemur, but more so like a monkey. Um, the elongated arms really is the giveaway. Um, I don't think they are that aggressive. I think you certainly appeased them with the bun. So if we do have at least, because they come in packs of at least 40, if you have more uh, on you, Blaze, that would be very helpful. I can make food. I could, I could make a, an entire meal, but only for like seven, eight, nine, ten, like seven, seven, and then including us, excluding us. Seven more. Not 40. Well, we'll have to make do. Maybe we could cut them up into halves and then just yeah, divide them up. Yes, yes, definitely. It's like when you go to parties and you like bring a cake and you're expecting a big slice and they cut it a big slice and you're like, oh, that's mine. And then they cut it in half and you're like, okay, still big. And then they cut it in half again and you're like, well, what's the point? And when they cut a, a, a circle cake in squares, that really confuses me. Why? Who does that? Exactly. Well, the the, the librarian at Waterdeep. Uh, no, not Waterdeep. <laughs> My age is getting to me. Librarian at the Blackstaff Tower, she often did it. Uh, with biscuits, actually. A strange woman. <laughs> we'll be having words. <laughs> I, I, I honestly thought for a moment there that you were saying that we would cut up the creatures so that there were less of them so that we could feed them, is what I honestly thought she was saying. That's a very good idea as well, but they may not take very kindly to it. No. Uh, I will keep heading in the direction that I know to be true. <laughs> yes. Just before you sort of turn, you're, you pick up like a sense of something sort of just behind you and you glance down to your left and you see like some paws 
trying to take the machete, but as you glance down, it sort of pulls away and disappears off into the bush. Somebody was trying to steal Phyllis off of me. How rude. These monkeys have sticky paws, it seems. Well, the cinnamon bun is a bit... It was a, bit, a lot of icing on it. Where's Grimnir? Grimnir has been, like, focusing on... As, as you guys have been going on the back and forth of, like, are these things going to... Are we fighting these things? Are we eating these things? Are they peaceful? Are they whatever? Grimnir has been just kind of, like, um, you know, kind of just, like, in, in a corner by himself, just being like, he will wait until someone tells him what to do, but is trying not to engage in the conversation so he doesn't get excited or disappointed in whatever outcome <laughs> may happen. No, so he's like, oh, sorry, what? I think we're going, we're going to continue on. We we fed the monkey. It, it tried to steal Alaric's machete, so yours might have been waylaid as well. Like Grimnir looks down, does he still have the, the, the weird little Huxley blade? Yeah, the Huxley blade's still there. You. Yeah, that's a close one. It's a very loyal blade. <laughs> Grimnir like looks at you, trying to figure out is it actually is it is it actually magic? Hmm. Um, but Grimnir's like, oh, then um, press onward. Exactly. Now, if memory serves, this is the way that we need to go. You cut through, and it drags. Like it gets really exciting. And to be fair, Alaric, you probably don't skip a beat because the whole like adventuring for a long time, working hard to get up your way to a place. You know, it's all part of the journey. But maybe for everybody else, after the fourth hour of watching Alaric foot through this jungle, you start to realize that this might be... This might take a while. Come on, chins up. Let's keep going. <laughs> Having so much fun. Hang on, let me just change hands. <laughs> Yeah, this could be a whole chapter in your new book. Maybe two. Like the Council Prattler. of Elrond. Sorry. <laughs> Prattler? Prattler, is there, if you can hear us, is there any way we can montage this journey? It's just getting a little one note. Cover montage. Make a persuasion check. We have advantage because uh, yeah. for, for a montage. <laughs> oh, okay. And I'm good at persuasion, so that was a 29. Almost <laughs> <laughs> oh, like instantly, you sort of. The jungle light slightly opens in the direction that Alaric's sort of been cutting. And you immediately get like shunted into almost like a selfie position where you're all like all together like in a group photo and then it switches to just Tine and Grimnir and Tine you're like smiling and pointing at Grimnir as Grimnir's like laughing and cheesy smiling at a joke that he, he must have said 
and then it flips to Huxley holding, holding Hux, but always holding Huxley's knife, being like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it switches to Huxley, who's got like a bit of his fur and is like rinsing himself off, but like smiling and laughing. Ah oh, ha ha! The sweat. Um, Blaze is um, chuckling away, sort of, um, you know, doing that real classic like. Um, excitable walk next to Alaric as you sort of walk along and it keeps switching. Is there any scene that you particularly envisage that you'd like for this montage? I think that's perfect. I think Blaze Blaze would like be floating but strutting as he's walking yeah. along <laughs> alongside Alaric. I would like one of Tina comically slipping on a little bit of leaf. <laughs> and then uh and the second later just Nothing happened. Nothing happened. And then in the in the yeah, so Tina slips and as if is it, it she thinks like no one's seen. And in the background, it's just all of us like. I think I think there's also a moment where Alaric is given Phyllis the machete to Crimnir to use for a little while, and there's absolute glee on Crimnir's face. <laughs> It's 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 like surprise glee and then like being touched and then the next kind of photo in this montage is like is like three or four photos of Grimnir slowly losing control of of his of his serenity and then just like by picture four is just like ha, 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 like slicing through <laughs> just laying devastation to this jungle where they were walking in like a 15 foot clearing suddenly uh and then he like sheepishly gives, like, no. right exactly and like then sheepishly gives the machete back where clearly he's not ready uh for machete duty in his, and, and, in his therapeutic journey in all of those pictures, there are trees where the machete is just cleaned straight through the, the, the really thick trunk, just in the background. Yeah, anime style, like, shing! <laughs> I think there's also a photo of Huxley, like, shaking out his fur and everyone else is, like, kind of getting it all in their <laughs> eyes. It's all the wet is going everywhere. Yeah. Perfect. We come out of this montage scene to all five of you back to back with about 50 monkeys all surrounding you in the county. Oh God. Damn, that's a lot of monkeys. And I do imagine in the montage, just one more popped up for every scene and we just did not notice. Absolutely. (laughs) Do you have any poo fling it now? What? No, don't tell them that. <laughs> They're all just like it's like piercing. They're all just in different parts of the canopies and trees, just staring at you. I really sheepishly pull out the single cinnamon bud. Oh. <laughs> I give it to Alari. Ah, yes, the fabled cinnamon bun. Uh, you may have this if you leave us alone. Can I minor no. illusion it to be like sparkling, like, like little stars falling around it as well, making it just magnificent, radiant? Would you like to give me a animal handling at advantage with Blaze's help? Oh me? Oh, oh, good oh yes, please. Oh, oh, hang on. Let me make sure I'm onto my sheet. There we go. Ugh, that's that, that, that's a twelve. A 12. 
Well, you can see they all kind of lean closer. And they're all definitely staring at the bun. I lob it and run. <laughs> like all 50 of them just like pile onto it. Um, does everybody else follow suit or do you stay and watch? What would you like to do? Oh, I think, As Alaric just disappears down. Freeze frame, freeze frame, we're all running. Maybe someone <laughs> is either scooped or levitate or like Huxley is levitated and we're just like dragging Huxley along kind of, kind of. Uh, again, one last montage shot. <laughs> the, 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 like that um, sort of dis dissonate, like bass play, um, bass guitar, like the do 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 do, as you um, all run away. Okay. You, the jungle's sort of sparser now where you are. It's less sort of like thick, and it's more. Um, you're walking along huge, like the canopy's huge at this point. Like the trees are 60, 70 foot tall. And the sort of base where all the trunks are, where you're walking, um, isn't getting as much light. So it's less thick and it's a little easier to pass. You still have to climb over roots and um, different things. And there are still some shrubbery that if you were inclined, you could slap out of the way with your machete. But overall, you can kind of make more of a meandering path without having to work your way through it. You can hear um, sort of shuffling in the canopy trees, but apart from that, it's quite peaceful and quiet. I think our destination is just beyond this little section here that we're walking in now. We should be there soon. You said that two hours ago. No, come on. We're, we must be close. Adventure. No, come on. We must be close. I agree. I don't know why you said that twice, though. Twice, though. Who? Which one of you? Are you making fun of me? Who? Are you making, are you fun, making fun of me? Of me? Are you making fun of me? <laughs> and did that sound like Blaze's voice that time? I uh, they sound almost indistinguishable. They're like exactly your voices repeating. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. He's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's amazing. Tine is amazing. Uh. Grimnir <laughs> turns to everyone else and just starts. He's like, all right. Um, I don't know, Alec, if you remember this or whatever, but... Uh, I think that there's, you know, there's lots of different creatures that can do that kind of echo things or magical effects. And he, he just like starts listing off. He's like, yeah, I killed one of these over, uh, you know, about 15 years ago and this kind of a thing. And I heard about this and oh boy, uh, my friend Rob lost an arm to one of these guys and just is like listing off like, well, obviously there's so many different, different things and creatures and monsters that can do this. It could be any number of these. Did these ring any bells for you, Alaric? Kind of, kind of vibe. Do any of the monsters that Grimnir or creatures that Grimnir mentions ring a bell? I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, there could be a couple of them. Um, there are even humanoids that you know of that the directory is to repeat back um, what you say to them. Kenku, 
for example. Um, but also there's um, sort of tropical parrots of sorts that you know of that um, screw with their prey by repeating them. Um, with Grimnir basically just like listing them off, I wouldn't even say it, it's almost a history role in itself for Al Alaric. Um, instead of going for your own brain for the examples, uh, Grimnir is just giving them to you. Um, it's generally like a confusion tactic. I've got a 14 on my history. Uh, that Yeah, that backs, backs up your thoughts. I wouldn't probably give you any additional information. I guess I, there's a few different creatures there that it could be. Um, I don't see anything around those. Does anybody else see anything? I'll float up a little bit and yeah. have a little look around. We can either have a round of perceptions or just one or a couple of people if you're particularly interested in having a look around. I'd like to roll perception. I will. I'll assist Grimnir by producing flame in the areas. Ah! Perhaps they will gladly help anybody else out uh, with their checks by pointing a lot. I accidentally rolled twice, so I'll take that advantage. <laughs> I rolled a 31. Oh, oh holy shit. shit. It's like I, I rolled well. Not rolling. that well, though. <laughs> what did you roll, Grimnir? 21. Still really good. Still really good. Alaric Not a 31. Grimnir, as you're sort of, I imagine you are still kind of walking at the same time. You both glance up and you can see these little fluorescent red and blue um, striking feathered creatures. They're only about um, as large as Grimnir's fist. And they're all sat, peppered around in the trees, and they're just watching you. Very similar to the monkeys. Um, and you can see as you speak, one or two of them will mimic and repeat it back in the same voice. But with a 31, the birds themselves, they usually pick off like an individual creature or something like that. They are carnivorous. Um, but what worries you more is the slowly creaking tree as it sort of turns and faces you and you look to the right and you can see a second slowly moving its root systems across incredibly subtly but with a 31 you immediately notice and this is where Grimnir with the 21 sort of picks up as behind you you see another two slowly shunting their way. I remember why this dream was very vague to me now. Uh, we are about to be attacked by some trees. And if I remember correctly, I banged my head last time this happened. <laughs> are they... Trees are, trees are very flammable, famously. They very much so are, as one of them's fist. Um, well, trunk that looks almost like a fist, um, turns and just slams into the ground in between you, not hitting any of you, but enough to sort of throw you sort of to one side. Grimnir, Blaze, and Tina, you get thrown to sort of the other, to the left, 
Huxley and Alaric, you get thrown to the right. Um, everybody roll initiative. Let's get some this. Yes. Natural 20. Nice. Oh. nice. Sorry. 22. I got 22 as well. Two 22s. What's your dex, Hux? Uh, plus four for 18. You are before me. <laughs> uh, 14 for Alaric. 14 for Alaric. Grimnir? Eight. Fifteen. Fifteen. A. Sorry. Fifteen. Fifteen for Tina. The huge creature, this tree, smashes down, splitting you both off, and you can see around you more of these creatures bumbling towards you. The vines sort of spinning, almost like whips, and the area around you almost, it feels like even though the other trees aren't alive like these, they're almost working together to create almost like a crucible as such for you guys to fight, to make it easier for these creatures to trap you. Um, Blaze, you're on deck, you're the top. I think uh, sorry, it's absolutely with the decks, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, could you remind me, so Huxley kind of got Pushed to one side. Was somebody else with Huxley in, in that moment? Um, it was Alaric is with okay. you on your side. Okay. Uh, I'm going to ask Stampy uh, with a bonus action to just uh, make uh, his way across to Grimnir, uh, where I will cast Fly uh, on Grimnir uh, so that Grimnir perhaps could go upwards. I will then use my movement to fly as high as I can, hopefully avoiding wayward branches and vines uh, as I kind of uh, fly up with my helm, surveying what's going on underneath. It's a very quick turn for Huxley, but that's what he's going to do. But uh, Grimna, you now have a flying speed of 60 foot. I love wizards. <laughs> would I totally forgot to say, but you would have been in like a reaction um, range of that original creature. Would you still like to do the same task? Because I didn't really make that clear. I would have flown up before casting the spell, in which case. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, it is going to attempt to um, use its um, opportunity mm -hmm. to attempt to grapple you. Okay. So that is... A... Oh, that's only a 12. Uh, I, I got a 7. Could I... Silvery barbs that twelve just to see if it can get I, any lower. I believe you can, yeah. You still you've got your reaction ready ready and raring. Uh yep, I will silvery barbs that. Nice. And um that brings it down to a eleven. I don't know if I have to roll again, but I did. I got a twenty. Perfect. Yeah, and if I you will... just give yourself the advantage. Um that's I'll fine. give myself. I was gonna say, could I give it to somebody else? Uh, yeah. Uh, could I give it to Blaze? Yeah, absolutely. Um, as you sort of, these vines slash out and sort of wrap around your hips and try to drag you towards the tree, you just use the flight to just slip back out, almost like a, um, a balloon that's been, like, let off as you're like, um, and you fly up 
I know the hips aren't as slight as they used to be. You don't have to remind me, and I'll soar up. Okay, and for your spell, what spell did you cast again? Oh, I, I cast Fly Through Stampy, so I guess Grimnir would have just seen little Stampy, the, uh, the, the book stamp with the googly eyes, kind of look at him directly in the eyes and just stamp <laughs> on top of your head, and Grimnir, you feel as light as air and you have the movement of 60 foot flying. Perfect. Blaze. Just so, so we've got the large trees, which yeah, are you've got so one nice. sort of right in your space that has just attempted to sort of grab hold of Huxley as he sort of disappeared up. Um, how far up in the, the canopy goes to about sixty foot? You could go, you could attempt to like bust through the canopy, but you wouldn't be able to see then back down into the sort of fight itself. So it's up to you if you're staying underneath the canopy or going out, Huxley. You're muted. Oh, I'll be going as far up as I can, so I would be going... You'll be about, I'd say, you have 60 foot movement. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you're probably about 50 foot, and then the the canopy's like just above your head. Okay. Um... And then you have another two, um, almost um, about 20 foot behind the tree that's attacked you, that's sort of like shuffling towards you. So Blaze is going to do a cartwheel in midair, and as they cartwheel, their feet shoot out these little bolts of fire, and Again, as they're kind of doing their rotation, his hand, uh, their hand shoots out another bolt of fire. I'm going to be, it's, I'm Eldritch, Eldritch blasting the tree, but doing a kind of cool cartwheel cool. maneuver so towards cool. Alaric. <laughs> Trying to get some cover. <laughs> um, I've never played a warlock. Do I roll three individual attacks for my Eldritch blast? Yep. I do. Thank you very much. Do you have advantage if you wish to use it as well? Oh, I shall use that on the first one. You don't have to, you can choose to, so you can hold on to it. Oh, this manoeuvre deserves something special. Okay. <laughs> the card <laughs> fail. <laughs> and thank God for that. That's a 23. That most definitely hits. And then the second one is... a 16. That hits as well. And I have three, I think. Yep, yes, I have more. three, and that's a 29. Oh, well, then that most definitely hits. So I shall roll the All damage. three. One, two. Oh, do it individually. Mm-hmm. So the first the first bolt hits for eight. The second one hits for nine. And are we going up and up? We are, and 14 for the last one. I'm assuming it is the one that's right in front of you. Are you oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'm caught. So we've got... So, yeah, Blaze is cartwheeling away and from this one in the middle. So that would be 23 plus 8, 30, 31? Yeah, 31. Pew, pew, pew. Great. Fantastic start. It, um, they slam into it as it sort of like hulks and you can see it burning courses into the grain of the wood. Um, it doesn't look particularly happy about this as it, you hear like the crackling and the grumbling and um, the smell of wood burning um begins to sort of lift in the air um 
Huxley, you're not, I wouldn't, I'm not going to be as like ruthless as you can't see anything, but there is quite a smoke plume kind of coming up your direction now. <laughs> Nothing for a bonus action, so my movement is just to continue cartwheeling until I arrive at Alaric, in Very which good. I yeah. scoot between the, um, his legs. Very good, you sort of like slide to the um, top, um, slide across its front um, while it's still distracted, trying to bring its um, vines in from attacking Huxley. Um, it is now its turn as it pulls its vines in, it's going to sort of flip and at the moment there's the biggest thing in front of it, so it's going to just try and um, slam its branch again into Grimnir to see if it can do something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a 22 to hit. Indeed. Just by the point, you... is anyone within five feet of me? Um, Blaze just dipped. Technically Grimnir would be, for now. Haha, please add five to your AC. Ooh. As Neat. spectral wings come out of Tino's back to kind of deflect some of the damage from you. Oh, that's so cool. It does still hit. My AC is not very high because I. Oh, that was close, there. though. That was, that was clo <laughs> it's very close. It actually helped a lot and made it much closer than otherwise it would have been. I've got the dice noise. Uh, that would be 16 um, bludgeoning damage. Um, can you make me a um, grapple check, please? Oh, wait, nope. I've got a. Um, as it slams into you, it is now going to attempt to sort of use its roots instead of its vines that like pop out of the ground and wrap around your ankles. And it's going to attempt to um, grapple you with them. So um, it's a contested uh, roll. I'm so pissed that I haven't gotten to rage yet. Um, although that's only a 19 um, against oh. you. That's a natural 20 for a 30. Yes. <laughs> how does it look with you being like, it wraps around your ankles? How do you just like, like so easily just go, no, what are you doing? Grimnir, Grimnir again, hasn't raged yet and is still kind of like trying to size up the situation. Um, and But, but you know, kind of is attacked and gets slammed and then kind of does the like, where he's looking in one direction and then makes direct eye contact with this tree that is hitting him. And then these tendrils wrap around him and he literally just flexes his calves and then snaps all of the roots <laughs> off of them and it just shakes his head. Absolutely brutal. I feel like there needs to be a calendar in Blattstaff that is just Grimner's flexed calf muscles. Look, like, he, just he is still looking January. for what... Right now, he professionally is a test dummy for wizards and yes. then beats up wizard children. So oh. if there are other, you know, kind of avenues for employment uh, that are not murdering or tr attempting to pretend murder, you should you should pitch that to him. And we take vectors of your life. As, <laughs> as you watch the power of the calves, Tine, it is now your turn. I was just thinking that maybe I could get uh, Grimnir like a, a page spread in Dragon Gams Monthly or something. <laughs> um, That's one of his favorites. He would he yeah. assumed that how could he possibly be worthy of such publication? But 
we'll make it happen. Um, okay, what have I got in front of me? I'm getting a little bit. No, yeah, that's fair enough. Gown. So you, I'm, I'm gonna say you're like you're five foot um, next to Grimnir, um, and Grimnir sort of stood right in front of the um, tree that's attacking him. So you're sort of just behind and to the right um, where you've got yourself up after being thrown on the floor. Um, so you've got one in front, and then there is another two about twenty foot away, pushing towards you. And one um, in front. Does does that look damaged yet? It looks pretty rough, actually. After Blaze like lit it up, um, it doesn't look particularly happy about being on fire. Okay. Uh, okay. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to uh, take my fingers and kind of do a little in front of my mouth um, and cast Dragon's Breath on myself. Um, can it please make me a dex save? Yes, it will. It can certainly try. That's a 14. That does not meet it. Uh, so that is <laughs> 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. 22. Blazer's mouth just falls open. <laughs> a huge hit on this creature as it um, almost attempts to use its branches to like stop it, but that's almost a problem in itself with the fire, as its like, branches are now on fire, and it's almost like <laughs> if it could scream, it would. And then for my action, I am going to give it a, a firebolt, standing a pew yep. as well. And that is uh, 18 plus 13 to hit. Oh, that most definitely hits. <laughs> and that is 3d10. Uh, I'm going to use metamagic to re-roll one of these dice because it was a one, um, which also gotcha. means I get to roll all my metamagic thing. That was better. So that is 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. More fire damage. 21. And then, hang on, give me one moment. That is number one. I immediately fly 60 feet without provoking opportunity attacks. Fantastic. Do you want to join Huxley in the, just below the canopy, or would you like to go somewhere else? Well, I think at my next turn, I will just kind of drop wherever I am. So I would like to, yeah, Tina, Tina's going to fly into the, in just between the other two with, Another two tree folks that with just a come at me, bro. <laughs> That's badass. Um, the one in front, as you sort of um, slam it with more fire, it screeches, and it you can see like one of the trunks has fallen off and is scorched and burning, and half of the foliage is gone. As it almost, if it could fall to one knee, it would. Um, this creature looks horrifically hurt at this point. Um, it is now one of the other trees that Tine is um, in the middle of. It is going to turn slowly and attempt to almost like swat you out of the sky. Okay. With a 22 to hit again. Hits. Or a... Why do I make characters that have low AC but love to be in the in the front of battle? <laughs> uh, Seventeen peril. bludgeoning damage. Okay, seventeen. 
and then it is going to attempt to use that um, branch as it slams into it. Vines sort of shoot out of the branch, and it's going to attempt to try and grasping grasp you um, with a contested grapple. Okay. Uh, what do I need to roll? A uh, um, acrobatics or athletics. Definitely acrobatics. Okay. Uh, so that's fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. That beats an eleven. Um, as how do you do? You just like with acrobatics, you, I guess you dexterously dodge in the air. How do you want that to look? I'd like to do a kind of horizontal pirouette. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, oof. very good. And I've rolled concentration on dragon's breath, and it's still up. Awesome, Alaric, you are up. So. The two back trees are 20 feet away from where we are, but how close are they to the tree that is very heavily damaged? Um, only only about 15. It's the you're very they're you're all very close together. That the main tree that you have been attacking and yourselves are all in one little sort of area currently, and then the rest are probably about 20 foot away from all of you, including that main tree. Um, so. Alaric, um, old man Alaric, is doesn't like to fight. Hence why in the first fight he turned invisible when he threw the dagger, so you didn't see him fight. But this version of Alaric is very giddy at the fact that there's fighting going on. So I'll look down towards Blaze and I'll give them a good wink and then I just bolt forward as that damaged trunk falls down off of the damaged tree. I'll run up it nice. and then sort of flip off and as I flip and sort of circle through the sky, I just put my hands into nothingness. They sort of disappear into this green void, and I pull out two psychic blades. And just as the blades come out, I disappear as I teleport 10 feet using some bullshit thing that I have. Um, what was it called? Sorry. Is it is sci- called... Your cyanic. Distant Strike. It's called Distant Strike, so I teleport, so I move probably 10 feet up to the creature, teleport an additional 10 feet, and I will appear next to it and slash it with one of the blades. Nice. Uh, That is... a non-natural 20. Uh, That hits. Uh, Is there anybody within five feet of it? Um, Blades is still there? I don't think Blaze left. I think so. Ran to Alari. Oh yes. Well, Blaze is still under your feet. So yeah. oh, well, well, was so. Was, yeah. So he's still within um, five feet. If I could have been holding on, I would have been. But I think. I... <laughs> um. I'll say no because everybody. Oh no, Grimnir's still there. So yeah, you're fine. Okay. So, so that was eleven left. plus sneak attacks. That's eleven plus seven. So that's eighteen points of psychic damage to it. Yep. You just demolished this thing as it's burnt together you expertly pick out the sort of crisp parts that have burnt away as it's looking for more of this wooden flesh to burn away and you just slice it to pieces as it just crumbles to the floor you as it crumbles to the floor could i try and direct it so it goes backwards yeah away from grimnir away from grimnir and towards the other two because i'm going to run up its body and then I'm oh, going to jump yes. and okay. teleport to the next one, <laughs> pulling out back, another blade. Back me up with a acrobatics check, but I'm down for this. 
Uh, that is a 27. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> do whatever you want to do. So I slash into the second one with another blade, which is going to be a 18 to hit. Uh, that definitely hits. Are you going for the one that just attacked Tine or the one to the right that hasn't technically entered the fight yet? Uh, the one that hasn't done, the one that hasn't attacked Tine, I'm going for. Uh, that is 17 points of psychic, psychic. No, that's not right because it keeps adding the sneak attack. So it's just nine points of psychic damage. Nine? Um, and because I've attacked two different targets, I can now attack a third target. So I'm going to sort of spin around, push off of that tree teleport 10 feet to the tree that is attacking Tine, and I'm going to attack that one. Yeah. I hit the damage button instead of the attack button. That's all good. I'm that giddy. That's 22 to hit. No, that definitely hits. I think you're going to struggle to miss this one. He's um, so proud right now. That's eight points of psychic damage. And as the nice. and each time I've attacked and teleported, my blades have disappeared. And as my bonus action, because that was just my action, I pull out a blade with my offhand and attack into the same tree again. Does Tina would just kind of look at you and be like, "That's very cool and all, but I don't need your help." <laughs> that was right, this is really cool. That was a natural twenty for a thirty. Okay. Nice. Now, uh, you can have the choice. You can double your dice or um, roll double the amount. You can roll your normal and double it or just roll um, two of the same dice. Uh, I will roll and double. For some reason, it rolled sneak attack again. That is eight points of psychic damage. I think it's because sneak attack uses dice. The sneak attack is dice that you roll. So if you double the dice... You can only add sneak attack once per turn, can't you? Yeah, oh, but for some reason on Doom and Beyond, it keeps adding it to every attack roll I do, which is very So, odd. was that eight already doubled, or...? Uh, yes, because I rolled two dice, yeah, so that's uh, each doubled. Uh, eight normally, sorry. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, strong, and... Strong hits. That's my turn. <laughs> it is the next creature's turn. Um, so, are you... Ba are you for finishing terms, Alaric, are you on top of the second, um, the final three that you attacked, or have you dropped back down to the ground? I'd say I'd flipped backwards because my blade would have disappeared, so I'd have nothing to grip onto, so I'd backflip backwards and sort of land in almost like a crouched position. Well, luckily for you, you disappeared around the other side of um, the tree that attacked. Um, so the one that you attack second is it's still only got Tina in front of them. So they're going to attempt to grab her. Uh, everyone wants a bear, Tina. Is that uh, the title 20s... of your? Is that the title <laughs> of your biography? Second book. <laughs> oh yeah. Sequel, Twenty-six please. to hit. Oh, you, you know what? That hits. As this other tree attacks Tina, I'll just I'll just go. You said you could handle it. I can. As takes the blow. Um, fourteen points of bludgeoning damage. And again, let's see if they can grab you out of the sky okay. with a. Oh my god, that's an eleven again. Uh, that was a ten. I got twelve. Oh. So yep, yeah, you're just like dipping, weaving, absolutely like. 
Not a chance. Grimnir, my friend. It's time. <laughs> okay, you know I have what? a question. So I, yes. a, a lot has happened. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Alaric personally uh, uh, became a uh, psychic Templar warrior and sliced apart several different trees. So uh, can you refresh where everyone is? Is Tine still grappled? Has everyone kind of moved up into melee position? All that good stuff. So let's paint a picture. So we've got two um, of these tree creatures. You've got a flying Tine in between the middle of them. You've got Alaric, who is um, on your far right, right next to one of them. And then you've got Blaze, who's sort of next to you still at this point. Um, you're about 20 foot away from this, and Huxley is directly above you, 60, uh, 50 foot up. Sorry, I missed it. So is Tine, is Tine still grappled? Nope. Okay. She's cool. been weaving, dipping, and avoiding all the vines and um, things coming from these trees. Um, okay, so Grimnir, Grimnir is going to, like, just start... God, this is so anime in my brain. It's, oops, I turned into <laughs> Dragon Ball Z on accident, but so it goes. Uh, he, you know, kind of starts, like, floating up just a little bit, and he before doing anything, yells out to Huxley and uh, and Alaric, and really to everyone of like, um, are these, are these like the, like the thinking kind of, of monsters or like the respect their, you know, right to live kind of things? Not real, they're creations of the prattler, it's a story. I go by a mantra. If someone doesn't respect me and my existence, then I don't mm. respect them and their existence. So they struck the first <laughs> blow, Grimner. You carry on. Hmm. A lot to think about. And then you, he just screams, just ah! <laughs> and just like you see, he like takes his giant great sword in both hands and just like flies to the nearest uh, the nearest one or ones if you can kind of get between multiples um but either way just like get one pr preferably one lightly between tine and uh being the one who's taken like 40 points of damage already this combat uh and and kind of position himself as defensively as possible you basically can swinging. plop yourself just below tine but while she's Perfect. flying at the moment I think you're going to struggle, but you're yeah. just below her currently. Okay. Grimnir flying as well? Oh, I am. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. Then you yeah. can. You almost go back to back with Tine. Excellent. Uh, so first, he's going to do. He is raging. Obviously, he is. He is uh, and he is going to. I have so many dice that I have to. I have to do roll it. physical dice. Do it. This is do for it. the audio <laughs> files out there, the ASMR folks who need to hear that good, good dice roll. What what dice are you rolling? Uh. I am rolling in my hand two d20s and three d6. Oh, okay. Uh, I rolled eleven. Reckless, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. I know it's always going to be reckless attacks. That's fine. It's fine. You can, if you want to make that statement that all your attacks from this moment will be reckless. Yes, I will. I will say if they are not. Um, okay. Sorry, I, I I so infrequently get to play uh, any player characters, let alone any sort of uh, you know barbarians or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that Let's is a smash. a twenty-one to hit. Oh, yeah, that hits. Uh, so it takes a total of 
13 points of magical slashing damage and then takes another 10 points of, uh, let me make sure I say this right. Anger damage. Uh, kind of, kind of divine anger damage. Um, of, 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 oh, of necrotic damage as like, he Ooh. just starts like radiating this intense, like necrotic energy as his eyes are bulging and all of his muscles are bulging and, uh, and again, takes another 10 points of necrotic damage and is going to, um, and it's going to say, pick on someone your own size tree and is going <laughs> to, uh, because somehow even marshals get very complicated at this level, is going to spend uh, one of his superiority dice and is going to use goading attack, which means um, this creature can. God, there's so many things on a level 14 character. Uh, could you make me a wisdom saving throw, please? <laughs> Absolutely. That is a two. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> so the uh, you since you have failed, you have now this creature has disadvantage on all attack rolls against targets that are not me until awesome. the end of my next turn. Um, and now is going to take a second smack upon this creature, also reckless. Um, that is a 26 to hit and another yes. 13 points of slashing damage. 13. Um, no necrotic to add on top of that one. Uh, no, that only happens once a turn, making things somehow even more complicated than they already were. Um, and the because I hit this creature with my greatsword, uh, it is also, in case it comes up, its speed is reduced by 10 feet, also until the start of my next turn. Um, and that is the end of Grimnir's turn, but this is the first time any of you probably have seen Grimnir start to let loose, and you're like, oh yeah, he is actually very scary. Oh, and, okay, I get it now. And yeah, and he's carving chunks out of this tree, just like each swing, like who needs an axe when you've got a great sword? Huxley, the scene is before you. What would you no. like to do? Uh, mm. No one's grappled, everyone's fine. Grimner's having a moment, but we'll just let him wear himself out. That's fine. Uh, so, yes, uh, I am going to ask Stampy if he would mind awfully making his way across to the nearest asshole tree that he can find. Can he reach one within 30 foot? He uh, was where Grimner was previously. Yes. Yes. They're 20 foot away from me. So that's my bonus action. As an action, I'm going to do two things. First thing is use Stampy to uh, cast Shocking Grasp on the tree. Um, because that's a melee spell attack, I can use my... Uh, where is it gone? Uh, because I'm a bugbear, I get surprise attack. If you hit a creature that's not taken a turn yet in the current combat with an attack roll... Oh wait, it's taken a turn. It's not round. Ignore me. Ignore I'm going to ask Stampy to uh, cast a spell for me, not within reaching distance, Ray of Frost at the uh, nearest asshole tree that he can see. Um, rolling the dice, it was going to be amazing. Now it's just a 13. I, I don't think that hits. No, a 13 doesn't hit. Stampy, you, you, you can't see for looking. <laughs> Stampy. Mm. 
Googly eyes in every direction. No, so I guess Ray of Frost kind of like bounces into the canopy and maybe I have to just move out the way. Um, are there still like vines reaching for me? Because when I got here, they kind of reached at me, but... No, um, they use... The only one that did see you go up there is currently an ash pit on the floor oh, now anyway. Okay, cool. Um, you're not being attacked. That's fine. Um, I may just move down 10 foot just to... My eyesight isn't what it used to be. And although I can <laughs> see through Stampy's eyes, I like to use my own. I was going to just just hover down by 10 foot uh, and that'll end my go for now. Absolutely. Blaze. Um, <clears throat> so Blaze is still kind of just watches Tina breathe fire. And he turns to Grimner and he's like, He's <laughs> just screaming. Has not yeah. stopped screaming this whole time. And then just proud, what like proud father look as Alaric fully embraces Alaricness. Um, and then he's like, "You seen a rain dance? Well, how about a fire dance?" And um, Blaze starts kind of just really doing a bit of a jig. He starts doing the <laughs> shuffle. Just it's it's a very awkward. Um, dance, which you don't really get to see too much of because there's a massive battle going on. But as this happens, slow, um, 12, because I have to cast at level 5, um, 12 rays of fire start to appear. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> but I would like to hold my action. And so thematically what happens is these bolts of fire sh- like streak, scream, streak through the air and just start orbiting all around Alaric. So they're, you know, they're, every time he moves, they kind of move with him, giving him this kind of elemental, like, you know, fighter kind of look. Um, as he moves his arm, they kind of spiral around his arm. And I'm going to hold my action to attack when Alaric attacks. Okay. So it's a level five scorching ray. So it's 12 bolts of fire. It's, I think it's 12 bolts. Uh, no, there's, no, it's not 12 bolts. It's 12 D6. So it'd be six bolts. There you go. That's it. There's six bolts of fire and waiting for Alaric to direct them. And I would just like to move, again, a little bit further back, just keeping out of range of any of the smash. You know, all these people have come and interrupted your incredible battle. (laughs) Um, What would you like to do? Say again, I've got this! (laughs) Come and get me! as I float downwards and unleash another dragon's breath on the one in front of me that last tried to to, to have a grab. Um, can it please make a deck save? Yeah, uh, I can try. That is a seven. No, unfortunately that does not beat a 21. <laughs> I'm not very good at them. So let's do this. Ooh, okay. Um, so that is 18, 19, 20, 21, 20, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 fire damage on that. Ooh, big hit. And then use two meta magic, so I get to roll on the thing in a second, um, to do another firebolt at it, see if I can finally just take it down. That was a nat 20. Okay. Hey. Um, so that is that is now 60, 10. Oh, dear. What do we think you're gonna roll? Hmm? Sorry. What what number do we think you're gonna roll? Thirty six. Ooh. Twenty seven. Okay. Thirty two. Twenty nine. 
What is it? It's 10 D6? 10. 10? Oh, six, or 60, 10. 60 points of damage. All 10s. Yes. <laughs> okay. Come on, Evie. You got this. Okay. Grimness positivity is wearing off on you, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> well, 35. Ooh, oh, 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 oh. I think I was the closest. Which <laughs> one's that one again? How do you rip this creature to pieces? Um, but, well, it's a fire breath, and then just from within it, I just kind of see a little weak spot as it's as it's flaming outwards, and I kind of rekindle it with a... Uh, I kind of do a little bit of a slide as I kind of go through the fire and it explodes behind me, because cool people <laughs> have a look at their own blue explosions. <laughs> do you want to roll on your meta magic just in case it's helpful for the other tree black? Of course. Hey, I've got four, which immediately will put out the flames because, uh, let me see. You create a wave of water that bursts from you in a 10 foot radius. Each creature of your choice in the area takes 2d6 cold damage and must succeed on strength check saving throw. <laughs> so, strength saving throw was um, 18. Does not pass. Level 14. And it falls prone. Okay. <laughs> I would have I'm a hard time the passing damage. that. <laughs> I'm very strong. <laughs> okay, that was a 4 and a 6. So now a 10 cold damage. Oh. Absolutely fantastic. Alaric, bring us home with Blaze's help. So I will look towards Blaze and see the channel of magic flowing through him. Uh, through them, sorry. And I will nod. I will put my hand into the mysterious place again, and I will pull out a small dagger. As the small dagger comes out, a large chain falls from it, and I begin spinning the chain around. And as I do, a lot, uh, Blaze can let their spell go, and I will spin it around so much that the blade catches each of the bolts and directs it into the tree. Oh, that's so cool. That's hey, just uh, for Blaze's hold action, and then I'll do my stuff. So it's prone, so... I'll just roll the attacks real quick. Uh, 31, yeah, 25, natural 20. For you. It's a disadvantage because it's prone and it's a ranged attack. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, yeah, just no, stole your thunder away there, but... That's okay. It's cool. That's right. that's he, has, a... he has like six six beams to try and hit it, so... That's a that's a that's two twenty fives then. If I just take the first four that yeah. I rolled, no um, and I'll, oh, I just inspected my D and D Beyond. That's what I wanted to do. That's a. I need to roll twice, don't I? A sixteen. A sixteen hits. Twenty one with a disadvantage. Yep. I've lost track how many I've rolled now, guys. Uh, that's three. That's 15. Uh, 15 just hits. Oh, is that four? Oh, that one's going to miss. That's a 14. Yeah, that misses. So you've got four hits. And one the miss. last one is another 14. Is oh. that the last one? Yeah, four hits, two misses. Okay. So that'd be 8d6 then. 
Okay, just me, 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 me. Let's have a look. Can you see the breakdown of those? So that'll be 34 because I treat ones as twos when I roll damage because I'm Fantastic. a fire expert. So it'd be 34 points of fire damage as Alari catches the bolt in his chain whip. Alaric, almost like you're following a fighter jet that's just dropped off like a load of missiles. You come in fl flying behind um, almost the call and the response to this attack. What would you like uh, to do? The chain dagger disappears as I move up towards it and then sort of teleport on top of it and stab down with one of my own blades. But just just as I do that, my eyes turn purple and from Alaric's vision, if you were to sort of zoom in and look at how he's seeing things, that everything around him is almost like x-ray vision as I use my planar warrior on the tree uh, to deal extra damage to it when I attack. So I'm going to stab down into it. Uh, this will be with advantage because it's prone. Yep. Uh, that is a 28 to hit. That hits. Uh, because I'm using Planar Warrior, this will all be force damage. So that is going to be... This will be with the sneak attack. And then the Planar Warrior is an additional 2d8. So that is a total of 19 points of force damage to the creature. Very good. And then I will run up it a bit more, skid to a stop, and sort of pull out another blade and just carve straight across it. Then they second attack. Which will be an 18 to hit. We're all good. And that is going to be nine points of psychic damage. Um, and with that precision and skill, following up from Blaze's absolutely ruthless attack, you just slice the trunk in two. And that is where we're going to take our break. We'll catch you in about five to ten minutes. See you soon. And welcome back. We just, well, think eviscerated might not even be a big, in, big, big enough word for what you guys just did to those creatures, those tree creatures. Um, everything sort of settles down, and even the birds that were like mimicking you seems to have like shut up <laughs> um, as the place goes quiet. And then eventually the noises of the jungle kind of return, the creaking, the beating, the shuffling around as everything settles. You can still hear a little bit of the crackling of flames and kindling from Tine and Blaze's um, joint um, contribution to the fight. Everything settles. But it didn't hit my head this time. It's good. Huxley is why I should have been invited to join your shepherding expedition. Well, exactly. I think you should write a very strongly worded letter. You're very good at those. 
Oh, I shall. Or have someone write it for me. I'll deliver the strong words. Well, par frore. <laughs> Just reading. <laughs> Grimnir, that was so cool. Grimnir's, Grimnir's back is still turned to the party, and he's like... You know, kind of that thing where he's like a little hunched over and like just like <sighs> and you you know you say like oh that was really cool and Grimnir just like spins around and all of his fangs are bared and his eyes are like red and bloodshot and he's still radiating this like necrotic energy from him and he just looks around at all of you and he takes a big breath and he says Thank you! You were all very cool, too. <clears throat> I think at that point, <clears throat> Fly wears off, so you just would fall to the floor Blow. a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's going to see your distress and be like, okay. You know the team is depending on you once again and kind of walk up to Grimnir kind of rub a soothing hand on his back and sing uh, a nice soothing song in Draconic. There's something nice and... Oh, Draconic is soothing language. To Grimnir it is. Yeah. Tine's not singing to you chumps. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey big boy. The sun's getting real low. You know, actually, what's very funny, and I, I am sure that it is just that like something that I didn't do in building the character. Uh, but right now, they, it doesn't list Draconic as one of the, the languages that I know, which feels not... It, again, it feels like probably Nathan fucked up something, but so. uh, <laughs> it's just very funny in this moment. But I... I, I you never told Dino this. Or I was going to say, I Grimnir... I, 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 Nathan, like the moment too much to be like, well, obviously I speak Draconic. Or am good at lying about speaking draconic. Either way, finds it very soothing. And just like, oh, thank you. Okay. He's like just holding on to his uh, his greatsword. Spiking your calm, you hear bumping and rustling from the woods. And you can see almost further into the jungle, the canopy has slowly like lifted and opened up from the way it sort of pulled in to trap you with these um, trees. It opens up and you can see a sort of silhouetted figure running sort of in and out, weaving um, erratically sort of away from something towards you guys. Oh, I wonder who that is. Hello. Grimnir looks at it like a dog looking at a squirrel chasing. Just squirrel. Run. You, you should run. As you hear this like frantic, like pitter pattering as um, your eyes sort of adjust to the dark light slightly. Um, you can see this wood elf running through panic in their eyes. Um, but, funnily enough, they look incredibly similar to a certain member of your party. Um, this wood elf is probably 
middle-aged overall, but it's got like a little bit of silver in their hair. But they have a very similar facial structure to Alaric. <laughs> um, he runs and falls to his knees um, at Grimnir's feet and sort of grabs and pulls on your um, trousers slightly and like looks up at you and goes, we must get out of here. Um, hey, um, you all see this too, right? This, the... No. And it's the, with the, with the, the, the one with the face? Nope. He panickingly, like, looks across and sort of looks at Tine, looks at Huxley, looks at Blaze, and then stops at Alaric. I recognize this person. This is your but father. <laughs> oh, it's this moment, is it? Mm. I'm on the opposite end of this. <laughs> I take it, Father, that you've left me probably a little distance that way in a cave? Well, well, I'm glad you were smart enough to run. Did you know these people were here? Oh, yes, I knew these people were here, and a very sinister look comes over Alaric's face as he walks up to his father, and a psychic blade comes out of his hand and he just points it to his throat. You left me to die in that cave, old man. I thought, but... Well, I knew these people would be here, and so I thought I'd come and get help. Clearly, uh, uh, young young boy, you figured it out before me. Ah. (laughs) Don't be rash. You're not going to let him kill me. I remember events very differently, Father. Uh, 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 You do? Take the glory for yourself, is it? You killed a sapphire dragon, did you? All on your lonesome. All on oh, your own, gosh. no party members with you? I, I, I wouldn't say such a thing. Me? The bards sing greatly of your words, of your <laughs> triumphs. Rezekiel Silrian, the bard who slayed a sapphire dragon <laughs> on his own, with no help whatsoever, didn't leave his family inside the cave to die for his only son to escape on his own. <laughs> With a little bit of help from a flaming friend. Fuck. Yes, fuck is the word that I would express as well. So everybody else is dead? Everyone. You left all of them to die. Well, I was. Cave in saw to most of that. If it wasn't for my friend here, just to place. I wouldn't have got out of there myself. I wouldn't have seen my children grow up. I wouldn't have been with my wife until her dying moments. I wouldn't be with these people now in a book club, living out my retirement age while you sauntered off north somewhere, out of the reach of fame of this place, to hide and wallow in your own self-pity. Do whatever it is you were doing up in Silver Ridge, was it, I think? So, what you're saying is the dragon's dead? Is that seriously all that you took from that? Was My mate had to slap dead? him. <laughs> <laughs> he just does like, like an incredibly dramatic laugh. I'm honestly here, but if 
maybe we should, we should go see if the dragon is dead and maybe uh, we could save your friends. Yeah. I know the dragon's dead. I know my, my friends are dead. That my family are dead. And you are dead to me as well. There's no point in me killing you here. I might as well just let you go. Unless my friends here want to do something different with you. But I have no interest in your pathetic excuse for a father. Get out of my sight. Good luck. Uh, and... Well, I have my friends around me. I don't need luck. And he sort of like stands up and like releases Grimnir's sort of clothes and brushes himself off and tidies up his tunic. Um, well, if you need help, just just call. Did I stutter? Uh, Fuck off before I slit sort of your like throat. Waddles off and like looks back a couple of times and then sort of tidies himself and begins to sort of jog through and disappears off into the um, jungle, sort of, where you came from, deeper. Oh, Pratala? Um, I... That was... I hope that was entertaining for you. I suggest you get us the fuck out of here before my rather youthful body slays your godly ass. Okay, that was... Not what I intended. All right, come on then. And um, you begin to whirl. Um, I'm not going to force you to make a constitution saving throw. I'm pretty sure you're angry enough not to be bothered about that. And he has his, he has his young, young intestines <laughs> and not his, his uh, more recent ones. <laughs> You uh, as 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 we're mid warp, could I say to Tina, I don't think it would have been a good idea to ask that man to the book club. I I certainly don't think so. We don't I want his sort in there anyway. I feel like there's a rift going on between those two. Uh, no, I don't think that would have been a very good idea. Get the nail on the head, as always, Huxley. You're very welcome, Tina. Yes. You spin, all of you, and um, the ivy leaves and jungle um, atmosphere begins to slowly drift back into the very comfortable, safe um, temperature of the library. As you appear there, um, a fresh assortment of um, food, drinks, teas are all back on the table. Um, and you are alone. The problem doesn't seem to be around currently. I immediately reach into my lantern, pull out a little travelling mug, and just heat it up, and the smell of coffee comes out. So I just slide over to Alaric. As, as you slide over, Alaric, very, probably very much older, you back to how he originally looked, just grabs you by the arm and pulls you in for a hug. And sort of turns his back to the rest of him, and but you can feel on your elemental body, the and probably see a little bit of steam as tears weep out of his eyes. I'll grow slightly so you can hug me properly. <clears throat> are, are we are we quite done with this? Have we got any more chapters of this book that we need to do? I've I've rather had quite enough of the of adventuring now. In all honesty, it seemed a bit cruel, Alaric. That that I have you annoyed the prattler in any way? That seemed very deliberate. 
It did, didn't it? But he wanted a story to tell, and he chose a memory that brings me great pain. That was the moment that I retired from adventuring after Blaze helped me escape the cave. Um, and you helped me. And I did help you, yes. But there was that one off adventure that we went on with the kobolds, and that's where my knee got injured, but... um. This, this, this was the moment, that was the moment where I decided that um, it wasn't the life for me anymore and that I should spend the time with my family, my wife and my two sons. Now that you've told him what for, do you feel better for it? Not really, no. I think just seeing his face again, mm. just, just brought out that anger. I apologise, that's not how I and normally act. Um, I apologise for my outburst during the combat as well. I'm more of a pacifist these days, as you've all seen. Um, yes. Grimnia I don't know what like, to do with myself now. Just Grimnia just, like, what pats you on the shoulder. This is kind of what I was worried about with the whole reliving of youth thing. Uh, the problem seems to be... I know we have a price to pay for our freedom, but seems to be taking emotional liberties that are unkind. And seeing all that, uh, Aldrich, um, I, I will take the tedious version of you. Oh, thank you. It is uh, nice to be in the old bones, as it were. You look much more comfortable. I feel much, much more, more comfortable. At home in yourself. Piece of paper sort of slowly floats down onto your lap, Alaric. And it's a page, the second page of the four missing. And on the top, it is titled Chapter Two Run, Survive, and Thrive? Question mark. Run, survive, and thrive. Question. And then the story that you went through with the party and your friends is Rodan. I choose not to read it. I will, I'll read the title. Mm. I don't read the pages again. I'll just hand it over to Huxley. <clears throat> Huxley won't read it out, although the temptation is so great because he's very <laughs> used to reading things out that people put in front of him, but he will uh, uh, pass it to Tine. <laughs> okay, where's where's the damaged book? Do we have it? Yeah, I'm assuming it's just still on the table. I don't think anybody claimed to pick it up, so it'd probably okay. still be on your afternoon tea table. I'll have a little skim of the score story, just have a look for the wording of how things were presented uh, before slipping it into the damaged book. Uh, Huxley will assume it's replacing a page. Huxley will just look over to Blaze and say, she, she can do things for herself, you see. Uh, I wasn't sure. <laughs> <laughs> you watch the book slowly, like, knit itself together and sort of form into the second page. 
Um, you turn it over and there's still the two ripped out pages. Um, but it's quiet. There's no, nothing standing out in the library now. There's no stack of books all over the floor. There's, it's everything's very prim, proper, tidy. Um, and it feels very lonely in here. When you look around and look at everything, there's just nothing. Although for every, any book lover I might be offending, there are millions of books, but there are only the stories of people, not actual people. And must joining Alaric in sort of his silence as he reads the title and passes it over. There's just this almost hum of silence. Um, I think uh, Grimnir, like, just like puts his his gigantic sword down uh, very obtrusively on the table, and just says, "All right, well, um, those were weird, and um, not good. Um." So I think we should all just take some time and bring it down a little bit. Do a little rest, do a little, um, I won't say self-examination. Um, we can like play cards or whatever, but um, let's just, not jump into a bad story for a bit. It sounds good. I would very much like to rest for a short period of time. I would also like to reiterate for any prattling gods listening that when Grimnir says bad story, he does not mean poorly written, but means bad emotionally for us. Just to clarify so egos don't get bruised. Boundaries. Like, mm. <laughs> so what I'm hearing is potentially a rest of some kind is in order. Yeah. Do we hear the prattler at all? Are we? Are we? It's. Alone? It is frustratingly quiet. Mm. Um, the library. How in touch with like. Well, as a magic user as well, like, would you say you're you are with space and atmosphere, because that could give you a good indication of like what's going on around you. Um, and uh, I don't really know what a role would be for that. More maybe wisdom. Yeah, it feels it feels whizzy instead of whizzy. Indie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If anybody wants to kind of get a feel of like, because it's silent, so it, there's only so far you can infer without maybe like five beams. check. Yeah, it's a vibe check. It's a like. I'm willing to to go for a vibe check if if other people are feeling a bit fraught. <laughs> I think Blaze is kind of looking at Tino as if he wants 
as if they want to say something, but understanding that there's a current silence and they're trying to kind of sit there quietly, but they're very, they're not good at sitting down. You can see just fingers tapping on the table, you know, jumping up and down, standing up every now and then, sitting down again. 17 on the vibe check. 17. Um, anybody else having a go? It doesn't even occur to Grimnir to do a vibe check. Yeah. I don't know. Um, We're just hanging out. Alari just sits down, puts the cane down in between his legs and sort of leans on it like it's an old friend that he hasn't seen it for a while, and then just mm-hmm. begins rubbing his bad leg, his bad knee. Um, the prattler of oh, this space seems is really forcing a sense of, like, space. Like, you're on your own. You've been left alone. It's like the library and the prattler themselves uh himself sorry um knows that they've put your friend through something quite ruthless and harsh and heartbreaking but also potentially you know uplifting you know he doesn't know um what Alaric or anybody else is going to take from it. But it sounds like he's just leaving you the fuck alone. <laughs> like, can't give it, giving you space and respect. You know, he's done something not very nice and he's going to go cool. Um. Oh, the Prattler doesn't seem to be anywhere near. At the moment, I one can only hope that he feels a little bit ashamed of what he just put poor Alaric through. But, um, yeah, let's just take a, a short rest. Gear up for the next two pages and get back to book club as usual. Uh, Blaze, are you okay? You seem to be tapping a lot. Well, before we rest, I was wondering if in that empty hallway, you could show me that thing you did. Which thing? I did many things. I, I just I put I put my hand in front of my mouth and produce flame, which goes out as I and I pretend to blow. Whoa! Oh, dragon's breath. <laughs> oh, don't you know that one, sweetheart? No. Oh, oh, bless you! Of course. Come on, I'll give you a demonstration, and we'll see if we can. He's <laughs> looking a bit offended. <laughs> and I know. Grimnir's, I know. Lots of, just like looking at bits. you two talk about this. Huxley's eyebrows just went like this high on his forehead when <laughs> Tina said that. Like, oh, Tina is words nature. <laughs> being really nice. I know lots of things. Like, look, bonfire, bonfire, bonfire. <laughs> oh wait, no fire. Put it out. Put it out. <laughs> Flame hands. <laughs> Come on, we'll 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 have a fire off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also the. Yes, okay, look, come on, I'll, I'll show you how it works. And <laughs> we'll commence. Montage of five, five breathing down a hallway. <laughs> <laughs> and a blaze attempting to do it, not knowing the spell, just... Yeah. <laughs> it all ends up with unseen servants with um, water, water and ice spells just dousing you both down at the very end. <laughs> I hope you know that has taken a second level spell slot from me. Thematically. Worth it. (laughs) So we've had two pages of four. 
Now I can't help but notice there are five of us. Who do we think is next? It's very strange. I would have thought if the Prattler was going to explore a uh, all of us, maybe they might have put myself and uh, Blaze together into into one page, being there's only four, unless they're looking to get a cheeky extra page out of us. I suspect the Prattler will try anything he can. Try and wring as much out of us as possible. I don't have a story to tell. I'm sure you have a No, no, story no. Huxley, you're next. Huxley's no. next. <laughs> <laughs> My story's uh, already been told and you you've read it. You all have. I, there's uh, books about the story, next. so maybe Tina. <laughs> it would be plagiarism, would it not, if the Prattler were to write a story that's like already a, been written. Well, it's like a theatrical adaptation kind of thing, you know? It's yeah. like to be fair, a book and then there's stage thing. To be fair, there have been mythological and historical accounts of my personage throughout history. And it was my goal with the memoir to rectify some of the, um, the slander, the icy slander put out in the world. But there's been a lot written about me already. I think I think there are other stories to explore, so I think Huxley, <clears throat> you are next and Blaze. Well, you have more stories in you than you think you do. I'm I have upset. too many. Uh, I would be a tome. I think Blaze, perhaps you would No, no, no. The Prattler should go next. The Prattler's story, that's a very yeah. good Yeah, yeah. deflect. Or Grimnir. I like kind of had one. Ooh. So it was right. That's how it counted. I think it was more of a first draft. I think. I think you had the uh, first draft. The trial run. Yeah. Yeah. Which was whatever. Had a volcano in it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And that was cool. It was cool. The rest of it was weird. Fine. The second chapter, although sad. I mean, the middle bit was epic. Like, we, we yeah. were pretty amazing. Did you see a light do his... Duh. Yeah, <laughs> it was the coolest thing I've seen in a while that wasn't trying to kill me or uh, me doing a cool thing. Yeah. I think you mean the second coolest thing that you've seen? No. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, the flare half was pretty cool. Was I mean, like, I can do that, level. so like... And yours is just like regular fire, and mine's like, I mean, it's. Hmm. Mine can be lightning. It can be acid. It can be. It can be any kind of damage you want, darling. I yeah, really like, wanted to start singing a song then, but I, I, I feel like I shouldn't. Do it. I could be brown. I, no, I'm not going to do it. Um, <laughs> don't sing that song. It's an awful bard who sang that one. I can be lightning. Terrible. I can have fire. I can no. have... <clears throat> Speaking about the. Pages actually. I don't know. the The first page was a, from what the prattler had said, the first page was like a more of a test for Grimnir than what it was an actual mm-hmm. memory. And we were yeah. given a lot more, f- a lot more free reign to actually write that chapter ourselves with the volcano rain and all of that sort of stuff. I. I think at the end of that, the Prattler wasn't very happy with the outcome with us 
you know, not um, fighting the bandits or us be- being the bandits or something like that. So maybe maybe he decided to steer it in a direction of let's explore your memories instead, which is a terrible idea. I mean, it's true, for characters to exist in books, the author does need to have some understanding of their backstory. Mm-hmm. But their stories have already been written. They... That's more for context. It doesn't form the basis of a good narrative, you know? Yes. It can. No. Have you read Tino's book? <laughs> Case and point. I suppose it depends on whether it's a, a fiction or a non-fiction uh, tome. Good um, say, Paxley. <laughs> Tino, if, if, if you were to pick from your life experience a good memory and a bad memory, one that you would love to revisit and one that you wouldn't. From your memoir, what, what which would you pick? Well, the memories I don't want to revisit, I, I, I didn't particularly touch upon in the memoir. I, I tended to want to focus on the positive. You know? <gasps> so there's a book two coming out with all the ones that you missed. All the dishy gossip. The gossip, yes. Bad memories, maybe so, but I can, I, oh, the things I can tell you about Sir Griffin Gartain. Oh, let me tell oh, you. That was chapter four, right? I've never heard the name, actually. Um, what was he like? Ah, uh, he was, uh, he was a horse. Uh, <laughs> you know a horse? Sounded very much like you, actually, Huxley. Oh, did he? Yes. Oh, I'm not a horse. No. I'm a bugbear. <laughs> <laughs> and they couldn't talk when I was first alive, so, oh. History. You have lived a very long time. It's uncanny, really. It's odd. <laughs> Looking at you, I would not think that, Tine. I say it like the nicest possible way I can muster and give you the toothiest grin. Am I, and just in a monologue, am I being insulted? Is it a compliment? <laughs> I. You don't know. Well, <laughs> doesn't know either. Nobody knows. <laughs> He's just saying stuff. Yeah. You just get a... Bang! Anytime. <laughs> hey, Grimner. Yep. I think your therapist would be really proud of you. Well, um, yeah. Yeah. I was worried for about three seconds when you turned around and were like, you know, there was a bit, I I may have leaked. And he just like looks at you. Um, thank you. You, you were in control, you know, you were like, you didn't, you didn't do the whole ah, choppy tree people down on me. You were, you were, you would chill, like a, like a chill thing. What's called? Yeah, like a, like a cold thing. A nice cube. <laughs> yeah, horrible things. <laughs> I'm looking at Evie's face because Tina hates ice. <laughs> I think so does Blaze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you, Grimmer- you did really well, really well. You like mm. calm down so quickly. It's not, it's more of like a 
It's not really starting or stopping. It's kind of the... What I do when it happens and the... It's like a slippery slope kind of oh. thing. Oh, you know, I thought you were like where, out of control. Uh, well, I was in like an angry Albert being written by a kobold, you know. Kinda, kinda. Um, no, I was more. Um, well, when you're when you have the kind when you can do the things that I can do and enjoy doing the kinds of things that I enjoy doing, um, you get into trouble a lot and um, you get other people into trouble a lot and you cause um, other people trouble a lot. And um, and then when you do that for long enough, that's kind of all you know how to do. And then when you try to do something different, um, it's hard to stop, especially when you don't have many other people who don't do those things. Um, especially because of the people you knew before. Well, they're all uh, either dead because they died or I killed them uh, or they're gone because they don't like me anymore um, or the new people uh, don't like me because of then. Uh, so I'm just trying to do neither. Like a it's new and old, and I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. I'll drift forwards about chest height and attempt to give Grimnir a hug and say, I still like you. Well, hmm. Thank, thank you. You're welcome. Do you want a coffee? Like, um, yep. Yes, I do. <laughs> I release you to go get you a coffee. <laughs> and he just like looks around awkwardly at everyone and then just like sits down also. Uh, not next to Al uh, Alaric, but like in the proximity of it, just kind of like also now joins his, joins the floor sitting club. So Blaze, we saw the first time you met Alaric. As I'm pouring coffee. How did that change things for you? You were just in the forest? You? Oh, no, I was in my lantern. Oh. The lantern that you get the coffee from? Yeah. Is that what my house? What else is in there? Oh. Do you want to see? Can I come in your lantern? Yeah. In the lantern. Oh. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's a house? Yeah. Lantern party? Yes. Wait, can you? Can I get one? Um, no. Oh. It's mine. Well, uh, right. Well, can I? Can can we? Can we go there now? I mean, if you want to, but grab as much food as we can because I didn't really clean up or prepare or anything. Blaze, Blaze, you you've been telling you're telling me that you you've had this lantern this entire time. Mm -hmm. And and we've we've been having our book 
club, my 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 book club, mm-hmm. in in the library, which is very nice and everything. But you have your own personal little pocket dimension that you just carry around with you all the time. Well, Alara carries it mostly. We could have had the book club in the lantern. Be my point. Yeah. Don't you want us to have book club in your... Oh, it's your space. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, kind of. It's well. it's it, it's not very conducive to a comfortable, safe environment for a book club. I can't get bean bags in there, for example. You know, no bean bag, no oh. tables. No bean bag, uh, no book club. That's what I say. Yeah. Well, exactly. You know. Pretty much. I mean, I'll show you if you want, but I've got a room full of coffee beans. Okay. And then a room full of pots. And then a room. Just a room. Where the twain shall meet. (laughs) Do you want to see? Yes. By God, yes. Yeah. You all want to come in? Okay, cool. I'm going to... I can actually bring you in as part of my genie feature. um, has... So has, has has just grabbed anything that is close, whether they are snack, whether it's a book that he grabbed, like just anything and is just holding it excitedly ready. So it's um w- technically I know we could go in there for up to eight, up to 10 hours, but you just need to you can choose to leave whenever you want. Um, but it's um, the lantern stays there. We, we go inside. So I go, kind of go over to the lantern and open the door and I'm like, come on. It's a bit it's small tiny. for me. Uh, it's, mm. it's okay. Just, just like, just think about going in the door. Hux the mess is Alaric's. I dive in. <laughs> Anyone else? Grimnir has his eyes closed and is thinking really hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Same for Huxley. He's like a foot gets stuck. I'm like, <laughs> I'll, I'll um, I'll sit this one out, please. I'll keep okay. hold of the lantern. I don't trust the lantern being left un unattended. So if you well, all want to go inside, I'll I'll keep it by my side. There's the other thing too. So I was going to say, do you mind? That's fine. I've been in there plenty of times. Yeah. Okay. Cool. See you in a minute. Okay. <laughs> and as as he pops, as as uh, Blaze pops in, and I'll put it on my belt. Look at a piece of paper that I have in my hand, and I'll be in walking down some shelves. Give you a bit of a lantern time as well. <laughs> um, so, the my my lantern it's um, it's technically like an extra dimensional space, but I like to think the the exterior is just the elemental plane of fire everywhere. So it's just really hot. There's a, like a large sauna like bath at one end, so the whole room is just basically a sauna. <laughs> Um, it's extremely hot, but it's, it's like really hot. But like, I fully regret being here. <laughs> yeah. I'm, a fire, I'm a fire elemental, and this is somehow worse. So, yeah, it's still, just... I'm still resu- resistant or immune to fire damage, so I feel like I'm doing all right. I think Tina, yeah, Tina, you would love it down here as well. But yeah, there's like one room, just boxes full of um, pilfered coffee beans from several places. Um, and then there's there's no bed or anything. It's just like an, an empty open space with a sauna, coffee beans, and then windows to the end of the mental plane of fire. Well, it's very cozy. Oh, I know. It's so much nicer in here. I've never actually been to an elemental plane before. My mother fucked off before she could take me. This is really interesting. 
pretty cool, isn't it? And we can stay in here almost as long as we like. We could sleep down here every day if you wanted to. I mean, I've never had guests, and maybe we need to like bring bedding and stuff. Uh, actually, I imagine we could make something for you. You can have that corner there. Mm-hmm. Grimne, you can have that corner. Tina, you can have, if I move the coffee beans, you can have the room. And I'll have my sauna bath. I- we should postpone the sleepover until there's actual sleeping accoutrements. And a fan uh, or something. I- I do We're need all to fans of each other. I, I need to ask. I have a couple of important scene-setting questions for you, Johnny. Okay. A, are these just loose coffee beans piled up willy-nilly in one of the room, or is it sacks, or...? So, um, there would be just random, like, some of them would be crates, but he's basically nicked them from coffee shops where, you know, wherever he's gone. He's just pil- pilfered them. You probably even see quite a few from the um, the place we were, you know, from the the academy from where we were. Just, like, a few boxes stamped with, this, with the, the school's mark on it. Just hide that from Moxley. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there'll be a fair few just, just like, um, pots of open coffee beans and things. And, and then... The pots, are they all actual coffee brewing pots? Are they matching? Are they all side? What's, are they also just loose? Are they on display in some way? Or is it just like you you found them and then you chucked them in where yeah. they go, which is the pot room? Exactly, yeah. It's more of like a pot wall. So they're just kind of shoved against the wall and kind of leaning over haphazardly. You know, when you have too many Tupperware, like all lined up and they start to like fall over. It's like that. <laughs> What a good um, alternative name for the pot room is, it's this, it's the hot box. It's the hot box. That's the sauna. <laughs> I, think, I think actually all of this is kind of a hot box. Yeah. Oh, it's it's nice. like quite nice, plain of fire or whatever. With these two quite drastically different places that we're at, inside of Blaze's, um, I imagine it's all very, sort of, is it quite a deep, dark red hue in here yeah. as well? It's very sort of in theme and the heat. We go back to sort of the peaceful, quiet. Apart from the one interruption to this quiet, which is Alaric's sort of cane hitting the floor. As um, why, why are you on your own? Why have you gone for a walk? What's going on? Uh, just having a, just sitting there contemplating everything that's happened. I noticed there's a piece of paper in my hand, and it's. Uh, it's got written on it a uh, shelf seven one two three row two zero one 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 level seven. Uh, I thought I'd uh, go and have a little look for that. Um, I've been in Blaze's Lantern plenty of times, so it's it's always I I know they always get excited when uh, new people request to go into there. But I, although there isn't an awful lot in terms of furniture and stuff in there, I know that they get very excited for new people. So I, I thought I'd um, take this moment to be on my own and look after the lantern because I now do not trust the Brattler. Not that I probably trusted him beforehand, but I definitely don't now. But I thought I'd investigate this particular area. And as I'm walking down towards it, I'll pull out a small pocket watch and I'll click it open and just look at the time. And on the other side of the open bit is a picture of my family and I'll just give it a little smile and close it and put it back in my pocket. You walk along and, I mean, you're walking for a good 20 minutes 
Um, but as each step you take, it's almost like you're on a floor that's moving forwards with you. And each state step you take, you move faster and faster and faster to the point where the rows of shelving to your left and right almost nearly blur. You're walking that quickly. And then you see the seven and you stop. And you look across and you sort of count across and you find the row and the shelves that you're looking for. You're far back here and there isn't... A, to say this place is pristine, if you didn't know any better, there should be dust everywhere back here. Um, you imagine Hugs, this would be Huxley's favourite place ever. Somewhere nice and dusty that's not been touched where he can just spend his own time looking through ancient books. But you walk across and you see a C, uh, the letter C, carved into shelving along. And you can see the name Korean. Sorry, Kerlyrian, sorry, Clarion. Um, I pronounced that badly. Um, multiple stages of Clarion. And eventually you come to where the piece of paper has told you. Alaric Clarion. This huge entire shelf unit in front of you. And you can have you can see from the very bottom there is dates from when you were born all the way through. And there are moments in these books. You pull one or two out and quickly glance and shut it quickly and put it back. And look up as you can see that you couldn't reach how far these books go. But you can't help but notice that the Clarion name, you can see your grandfathers, your mothers, siblings, partners, all in this family tree listed. And then you notice it. Reva Clarion, your father's name. But what's there is two shelves worth of books. That's it. More smirk on my face. Didn't get the place in history that you wanted. <laughs> place full of all of this knowledge, and you have two shelves. I... Is there one of those stair ladder things? Yeah, absolutely. I'll pull one along and I will climb up it. And there are three dates that I pick out. The first is the date that I married my wife. The second is the date that my first child was born. And the second is the date that we adopted our second child. And I'll grab all of those books. I'll slide back down. Well, I won't slide back down because I'm old. I'll go back down slowly, and then I'll just sit on the floor with all of them and begin reading. Absolutely. Just wait for um, the others. These books are as eloquent and as beautiful as the life that Alaric has led. Like they're so delightfully wrote, and they depict the personalities of your kids and your wife so tenderly that you can't help but just really enjoy 
and before you even realised, you realise you're actually sat on a leather armchair that's just perfectly lent back for your back. And... My back, yes. And you're sat there and then sort of shifted across without you even knowing there's a fireplace that's just settled where you're sat. And a carpet sits lovely and soft underneath your boots instead of the harsh marble. And you lean back. The light has changed instead of the glaring white that this library usually has. It's almost the hue of candlelit. It's comfortable and nice. Pull out some very small spectacles and put them on. He doesn't need them, but he just likes the aesthetic of having them on. And as I begin <laughs> flicking through the books, I'll just go, good save. This is a good apology. Just look up and just carry on reading. I put the pocket watch down on the little coffee table that's there, open with my family's picture there. And I'll just begin flicking through it. And I'll put the lantern next to it as well. I'm ready for the others pop out. Q blazes inside of the lantern montage. What are you guys doing? <laughs> Huxley's definitely gone on fire at some point. Huxley's full on passed out in a corner. Like. <laughs> Huxley's unconscious in a corner. <laughs> I think Blaze is just running around excitedly. You know, he's, he's got a few shelves of like random knickknacks. Oh, sorry, they've got a shelf full of random knickknacks. And they're just, look at this, look at this. Huxley! Oh no. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you get a mouthful of fur. <laughs> Every time the ugly fur catches fire, it's just a uh, out. <laughs> Can I think. Oh, go ahead. I'm going to say um, he tried. He's um, they've seen magicians chill the air. <laughs> Blaze tries to do something similar, but he doesn't. Uh, they don't have prestidigitation, so <laughs> probably just make it a little bit worse. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine at some point you might have to bail and just sort of like eject Grimnir, <laughs> Tina, and Huxley for their you own can, safety. You could choose to leave at any point uh, that you wish. Unless you can't choose to leave. Thus <laughs> ended Huxley Brickles now. Ah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my plan! <laughs> Unless um, you want to stay down here any longer. I think we have lots of books to peruse, and it looks like some people aren't uh, flame resistant. So maybe we should come out of here for the, for the time being. I'll, I'll get a I'll get a fan for next time, or maybe ice bath or something. Ugh. No, I won't do that. <laughs> maybe a fan. Mean. <laughs> If you know anything about fire, you know a fan is probably going to make it worse. I don't... I've never tried. Just get aircon, love. Let's get Huxley out of here quick. Grimnir, help! I'm tiny and Huxley's huge. Grimnir has, has literally... Like, Grimnir was starting to get a little bit, like... A little bored, you know? Was, like, kicking around, like, coffee beans and, like, starting to sort them, you know? And that kind of stuff. Until he's looked at a window and really grasped how much it really seemed like, oh, we're in the world's biggest volcano. 
That's pretty cool. And it's been like staring out the window, just like imagining fictional scenarios wherein he pushes people into volcanoes uh, or sees things like be on fire or whatever. And so when you call out to him, you're like, oh, uh, uh, we're going. Um, Oh, oh, Huxa, oh, yeah, 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 sure. Time to go. <laughs> we can come back down here later, Grim, if you want to. It's really addictive to look at, I know. E. It takes another five minutes as I get distracted talking to Grimner about, oh, look at that lava. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm... Huxley out while, while you're talking about the lava. No God, they're gone, what happened? <laughs> Uh, time, time to go. That's the door. You pop out, um, sort of <laughs> appearing in a semicircle around Alaric. As you can see, he's sort of hunkered back, relaxing in this leather armchair, um, reading some stuff. The more uh, sort of aware of you guys, um, who pick up on the little things, Huxley probably will notice immediately because yeah, I'm sure you would struggle to resist not looking at the titles on um, a bookshelf in front of you. Can see that this is the Kilrian um, name and you can see Alaric and other family members and names. Um, and to your right, the Prattler is stood, um, sort of waving wearing a tuxedo. He's got his hair really slipped back and sort of oiled back and um, a moustache that soft world. <laughs> oh, teeny. And we'll oh finish there. <laughs> Thank you very much. We're going to a party. So excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fresh up in our finery. Thank you everyone for joining us and being part of this beautiful, a little bit heartbreaking, but also quite wholesome um, show tonight. If you enjoyed tonight, we play every Monday and Tuesday from 6 p.m. GMT slash BMT um, or 10 a.m. PT PST. You can also join us on Friday Again, from 6 p.m. GMT BST, um, 10 a.m. PT PST, for Talk Together, our chat show where we interview our players, DMs, and other TTRPG industry voices. All of our shows are streamed at twitch.tv slash RollTogetherRPG, and you can find all of our content archived at youtube.com slash RollTogetherRPG. There are also podcast versions of all of our shows available anywhere. Just search Roll Together RPG. Massive thank you to our D20 Club on Patreon. There'll be a link in the chat below. Do join them. Every penny helps us make the content that we do. And a big thanks again to our sponsors and supporters. And don't forget, we are all over social media as Roll Together RPG. Thanks for watching, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>